It's showtime. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. And here we go, off and running on this 17th day of January 2024. This is the Horn, head is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza that is the Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between, and the Great Globe Round. And where, where if you pop into the aforementioned merry, wacky, zany, uh, right now, you will be greeted by the early arrivers. That's Anatole and Irish Dave and Ralph and Squeaky. Um, negligently moderated by, well, moi. It's prayer meeting Wednesday though, and uh, I don't I don't know if Roger will be around or not, but. I think we can trust Anatole and Irish Dave and Ralph and Squeaky and whoever else pops in to behave themselves, so it, it, don't prove me wrong, okay? Hi, I'm Robin. As noted, it's prayer meeting Wednesday. We've got uh, prayer meeting Wednesday stuff to go into if there's time. We've got, we've got more trial shenanigans from the from the further from the further adventures of he ain't gonna make it. Todd's gonna prove to be a prophet in that regard. Uh, well, we'll get into that too. Um, yeah, but every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. And so, as a consequence, we say thank you to our 17th day of the month subscribers. Goodness me, we're well over halfway done with January. Mm, 60-something days until spring. And probably 90 or 110 or something until it's warm enough for me to be running around with shorts and a tank top on. And that's the you know, that, that's that's the real high water mark. Thank you to Labor Man, uh, our uh, subscriber, 
for this 17th day of the month. Thank you so much, Gary. Uh, we need new subscribers. We need more subscribers. Uh, the more subscribers we have, the less the pressure on fundraising during the show there is. But as it stands, the fundraising goal is at $1,180. Ralph's is renewing her challenge, her yay, the Packers beat the Cowboys challenge. I don't expect any. I don't expect anybody from Texas to uh, to uh, respond to that, but somebody else might. That would be great. That would get us down to 1180, up to 1130, and that would, uh, well, it's kind of critical at this time of year because we're going through we're going through propane like uh, uh, well an elephant going through peanuts and it's been cold here today it was cold last night my god we got down to three and I think we get down to something equally ridiculous this evening um let's say yeah um Winter storm watch tomorrow, and uh, golly, the overnight low is only 14 tonight. That's okay. By Sunday, it'll be down to four again, and then we get a warm spell like a week from today. So hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully, we'll get caught up with fundraising. At this point in time, we're. Uh, what? Let's see. Uh, golly. So we're 17th, 16th, 15th. Uh, yeah, we are unfunded for this entire week, and we are unfunded for $280 worth of Friday on the front porch. Yeah. Propane. Emilio says, "Taste the meat, not the heat." <laughs> ah, well, if you'd like to help out, of course, the PayPal button is at headon.live. Uh, <laughs> Randy Radar says there are too many profits on this channel. They're crowding out the marketplace. I, some, well, you know, you don't really have any choice in the matter when you get, you know, when the goddess reached out, the goddess of irony reaches down and touches you. You're kind of stuck with it. The Greeks called them muses. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I have not. I have not changed the, cha- the tiers on Patreon. I'll get to it, but um, it's going to take some doing. Just have to have a little time to put into it. Um, Lee in New York says spring is coming. Sixteen days till Groundhog Day. Thank you for the reminder, Lee. And that little bastard. That little bastard had better not see his shadow. Early spring and all, you know. Sleepy Pennsylvania town, right. Oh, where to start? Uh, Maggots in the House of Representatives are beginning to lose their shit. They've lost another member, at least temporarily. The oldest man in the House, Hal Rogers of the 6th District in Kentucky, uh, got himself in a fender bender. Um, it's worth noting. 
that for years and years and years, back when West Virginia had three members of the House, the West Virginia 1st Congressional District and Kentucky 6th went back and forth and back and forth like, oh, I don't know, uh, uh, volleys in a tennis match, as to which one was on net the, see, tennis, net, yeah, right? Proud of me, aren't you? Uh, went back and forth to see which which district could be the absolute sickest in the entire country because both of, both of those districts are and have been eaten up with mountaintop removal coal extraction, which makes people who live near it prone to get very 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 ill. And so Mullah Mike Moses Johnson is having a hard time. And even Senate Republicans are telling their derpy colleagues at the other end of the building that they're not going to ever get a better deal than what they've got now. It's really kind of surprising. But none other than uh, Miss Lindsey Graham uh, has said that or intimated it. NBC News with the, with the story. Uh, uh, to those who think that if President Trump wins, which I hope he does, uh, that we can get we can get a better deal, you won't. You got to get 60 votes in the new 90 states Senate until Mitch McConnell gets the majority and decides it's time to blow that shit up. I added that last part, but yes, that was uh, Lady G, Senator Miss Lindsey Graham. Uh, to my Republican friends, he said, to get this kind of border security without granting a pathway to citizenship is really unheard of. So if you think you're going to get a better deal next time in 25, if President Trump's president, Democrats will be expecting a pathway to citizenship for that. So to my Republican colleagues, this is a historic moment to reform the border. And then uh, John Thune of South Dakota stand said, well, the Democrats will not give us, will not give us anything close to this if we have to get 60 votes in the United States Senate and a Republican majority. We have a unique opportunity here. Um, Wait, they don't talk like that in South Dakota, do they? Now, we have a unique opportunity here, and the timing is right to do this. Much better, although that sounds distressingly like the love child of Chuck Grassley and Caribou Barbie. There's a little bit of consensus, soupçon, On in regard to the idea that maybe it would be a pretty decent idea to sort out the border issue, but of course the maggots in the house will won't won't don't want any sort in anything like that. But they're getting terribly close to not being able to do anything about it because if 212 Democrats vote with a relative handful of if they exist, it may be like talking about unicorns or hobbits or leprechauns or pukas or hillbillies. What are you doing, Harvey? 
uh, there could be a border deal. It, I know. Weird to imagine, huh? But I told, I said that Nitwit Nero was finding it difficult to uh, behave himself in court. Well, uh, Judge Lewis Kaplan is taking no shit from him. E. Jean Carroll was testifying, and her counsel made an objection to the bench, saying that he was sitting over there mumbling and prattling away, Nitwit Nero, and that the jury could hear it. At which point, Judge Kaplan said, Mr. Trump, I hope I don't have to consider excluding you from the trial. I understand you're probably eager for me to do that. And he mouthed off at the United States District Court judge. I would love it. Well, you just can't control yourself in this circumstance, apparently. You can't either. You know, he has, that uh, Judge Kaplan, and you can ask any number of, uh, uh, quite often, all too often, black men of, uh, uh, black defendants, uh, there's a long history of making defendants who are black sit in federal courtrooms and state courtrooms gagged. It happened during the trial of the Chicago 7, if I recall correctly. And it would not bother me in the least if that judge decided to put the Hannibal Lecter mask on Nitwit Nero and just let him say, E. Jean Carroll testified today before the jury that when she went public with her allegations, there was an avalanche of abuse and threats. She said, I thought I was going to get shot. She said, uh, one threat that came to her was, penalty for lying about rape should be executioned by hanging or firing squad. Another loyal Trump supporter said, Stick a gun in your mouth and pull the trigger and send yourself to hell. Eugene Carroll said, I spent 50 years building a reputation. Now I'm known as a liar and a whack job. I took a break this morning, and that's when the uh, that's when counsel for the plaintiff uh, made their complaint. They complained again during lunch break, saying uh, that uh, they could hear orange genius garbling uh, garbling away at one point he he was he was grunting it's a witch hunt it really is a con job and then uh, counsel uh, Sean Crowley said some of the jurors are sitting closer to him than I am and we hear it And that's when, that's when the shit hit the fan with Judge Kaplan. 
so uh, he's not doing himself any favors, and he's sitting there, and look, he's not sharp enough to come up with this strategy on his own, so you have to take the ethics of people like Alina Habana 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 Habana, the counsel for the parking garage, into account. I wonder if she realizes how quote, nearer and nearer she's verging to kissing her law license goodbye. Uh, speaking of which, Alina Habana 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 said yesterday, she wants President Trump to pay for the risks she took. Her career has prospered and she's been thrust back into the limelight like she always wanted. So uh, we'll, we'll see how long. I mean, do, do we do we want to establish a pool? We've already got one going. Uh, Matt in San Francisco's pool on how, uh, whether or not eventually Mika Brzezinski refers to Nitwit Nero as a motherfucker live on air. God, I want to be watching that morning. I do. Yeah, I know. Randy Radar says, give Trump a timeout and a juice box, for God's sakes. Yes. There's a. Uh, there was there was another story that was left over from last night. Um, you know, Tim Parlatori uh, spoke on CNN. We had the clip yesterday about the fact that there was no one behind the wheel once uh, counsel for the parking garage got in charge of discovery. I don't know if it's because he wasn't paid. Or if the the people he was working with were just crap human beings. But Tim Tim Parlatori is now, well, talking. Uh, he showed up on uh, MSNBC to talk to Ari Melber on Tuesday on The Beat to talk about Joe Tacopina, who has now bailed out on Da Boss. It probably left a mark. And to go to the source, thanks for being here, Tim. No, thanks for having me. Uh, what do you think of Joe Tacopina <clears throat> leaving Trump's legal team? Does it leave it weaker, stronger, or no difference? Um, in many ways, no difference. I mean, he's essentially been on the shelf ever since he screwed up the first Gene Carroll case. Uh, he is uh, Ooh. I mean, He's very good at self-publicity. Publicity but not actually very good in the courtroom. And I think that that's something that we all saw during the Gene Carroll case. It's something that I warned them repeatedly. Do not bring this guy in at all. And it's something that none of the other lawyers, we none of us wanted to work with him. 
So, you know, he went and he did the Gene Carroll case. He mishandled it, in my opinion. He's put on the shelf, and then they kind of left him there for several months. Who's, to, making, uh, who's making those big yeah. calls then? You say you gave advice, hey, don't use this particular lawyer. Who decided to use him? Well, I told Boris Epstein that this is not the guy for this case. So what happened you know, beyond that? Did Boris keep it to himself? I have no clue. How do you think uh, Tacopina, uh, in your view, did not do a great job in that case? Well, I think he barely cross-examined uh, Jane Carroll. He didn't call, uh, you know, the witnesses that they had prepared. And obviously he was put in a bad position because they didn't really do much, you know, good work in the discovery of that case. But, you know, here's a guy that hasn't, probably hasn't tried a case in over 10 years, coming in cold and, you know, barely cross-examining a witness. Mm. And you think that's because of what? A level of incompetence or he's out of touch with the courtroom? Uh, and look, it's it's something that a lot of people in New York, um, you know, certainly myself, have believed about him for a very long time. You know that he's not a very competent lawyer. That he is somebody who's you know more into pu publicizing his uh, his acumen than actually demonstrating it. Um, you know, he he represented Bernard Carrick uh, years ago and then became a witness against his own client. Uh, which was something that you know caused him to get pulled out of that case. Uh, in full disclosure, I represented Bernard Carrick in the litigation against Tacopian at the time, but um, you know he's he's really, in my opinion, not that great of a lawyer <laughs> and shouldn't have been on this case to begin with. Do you have any insight into why he exited now? I think it's probably something that uh, you know Boris and the comms team figured that this was the best time to uh, do it somewhat quietly. I'm guessing. You know, yeah, there's a I lot. Tell, I mean, it really hasn't done anything since the last. People may remember. Case. I'm going to jump in and say people may remember uh, when he took on the case, some of his newsworthy comments and interviews. We showed one of them. Um, this is a big yeah. week with a lot of other stuff going on. So, but for this segment, I'm not sure people may have even heard about it. Uh, you mentioned Boris Epstein, who remains a real key power player in this. You also mentioned whether Mr. Tuckerpina is a good lawyer. I, I just, for fairness, want to mention, I quoted the New York Times earlier mentioning his win record. We've had him on the program. We invited him back after that. And so if he wants to respond to you, as you know, in journalism, he's, he's free to do so. I just say that for fairness. But your view as a former Trump lawyer who dealt with him is, is certainly newsworthy. Here was Mr. Epstein actually speaking out today on one of the other issues facing your former client, Donald Trump. Presidents are immune from civil lawsuits because if they're not immune, no president is ever going to be able to serve their terms, to do their duties, to protect Americans. Presidents enjoy full civil and criminal immunity. Uh, this has now been the main way that the team fighting. Yeah, no. No. But I find it interesting. You know, he's a better publicist than a lawyer, uh, Stephen New York caught that too it strikes me that that is exactly what trump would want he knows he can't win he has to try to win in the court of public opinion so that he can become president again so that he can then pardon himself i know that sounds nutty oh i know i i, I so know it does sounds nuttier than a waldorf salad there's a lot of walnuts in a, in a waldorf salad But that's just who we're dealing with. Uh, presidents are immune from civil lawsuits, says Steve. Tell that to Bill Clinton. 
I was not immune from that lawsuit. Uh, I hope you feel my pain. Uh, Mumbling Miser, Lee in New York, says, My best guess for his behavior, my trial and punishment was unfair because I was mumbling and distracted the jury. Makes sense to him. And he's such a psychopath, such a sociopath, such a malignant narcissist, that he can't understand that there is another, that, that, that others might be correct where he is wrong. He can't be wrong. If he's wrong, the entire house of cards of which he has made his miserable, misbegotten, misanthropic life falls down as though a gentle breeze had just passed by. Uh, I, I know. Uh, Kim in New York City. Oh, Robin. Subject line. God, I'm sick of Ari Melber. Why does MSNBC, and specifically Ari Melber, continue to entertain a former Trump sycophant? He says Takapina isn't a good lawyer. How about Trump is guilty, dead to rights, and no lawyer can defend him? These people make me absolutely vomit. And then we have to hear a snippet of Boris Epstein. Presidents are not immune. He's not the president anymore. Have I told you today how much I hate these people? I know, Kim. I know. And... You know, there's still there, there, we still don't know who co-conspirator number six is. Remember, remember co-conspirator number six. Early on, a lot of people said, "Well, that must be Boris Epstein." But wouldn't if Boris Epstein was co-conspirator number six, wouldn't you maybe put some distance between yourself and him? But there he is. Um. They haven't called my bet yet at uh, Harris in Busted Knuckle, Nevada, for the five bucks I've got it being. Uh, I've got uh, the Gin Surrectionist Thomas as being co-conspirator number six. I, you know, I, I know it's unreasonable, but I want co-conspirator number six to be Gin Surrectionist Thomas. And I want Jack Smith and his team to, and 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 the judge, the the judge in the case, you know, Judge Chutkin, who is bound to know who the the identity is. I want them to have run such a tight ship that it's going to land on 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 Fappy and Ginsurrectionist like a ton of bricks. That horrible, horrible. Un-American, fascist woman. And then, Fappy will have to excuse himself. Even his colleagues won't tolerate it. Hey, on this day in history, Gaius Julius Caesar Octavianus, otherwise known as Octavian, was granted the title Augustus. By the Senate of Rome. Ha! Take that, Steve. I just, I, I just, I just saw that and had to share because I knew that I'd get a giggle out of Steve wherever he is. But I know, I know, I know, I know, Kim. The multimillionaire for-profit media can't help but go running to these maggots when it appears that they have finally seen the light or come to the foot of the cross or. You know, something along those lines. 
I mean, it, what? Um, this being prayer meeting Wednesday and all. Uh, Liz Cheney. Got a and and you gotta say what? Liz Cheney got a standing ovation. This being the uh, Martin Luther King holiday week. Liz Cheney was invited to speak at Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta. And she gave what is being described as a chilling speech. Warning of the threat of Nitwit Nero to democracy. Imagine that. I mean, just take a minute. I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to be a bitch for the sake of being a bitch. I'm trying to be a bitch at all. But prior to January 6, 2021, a Republican like Liz Cheney would not have been welcome within a thousand statute miles of a place like Ebenezer Baptist Church. She is, she is, in fact, warning about the dangers of Orange Julius Geezer. And she's not wrong in that regard. But I continue to have this queasy feeling that she wants... She wants to get back to an America when the Republican Party doesn't say the quiet part out loud and just goes about the business of shitting on everybody who isn't white, cisgender, heterosexual, and Christian. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. She's still Republican. She and I suppose Adam Kinzinger feel like maybe they can save the party. It is not a party worth saving. It was not a party worth saving before January 6, 2021. It wasn't a party worth saving in in January of 2016. It wasn't a party worth saving when the 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 the, the base wasn't maggot but was instead teabagger. Because they're all just the descendants of the Birchers and the Klansmen who form the toxic core of the Republican Party. And have since, Jesus, at least 1959? Here's here's what earned her such accolades. I, I cannot tell you how, uh, how happy I am to be here with all of you. It was um, the honor of a lifetime. When I got- At least she didn't say, I cannot tell you how happy I am to be here with all you people. We take our victories where we can get them. I had a phone call from Reverend Bernice King inviting me to be here with you this morning. <laughs> Thank you.
And as you uh, may have seen, I've been so moved up here by the spirit and the love and the legacy of Dr. King that I actually hugged Senator Warnock. So. I don't think that's as funny as they think it is. So hugging Senator Warnock and uh, following Ben Stiller uh, is not something I would have imagined that I would uh, be here doing. But I, I am so honored to be here uh, at, at what I think is perhaps the most significant church in our nation. Wow, she just lost the Mormons. The battle that Dr. King led for civil rights, the battle that changed our world, was deeply grounded in his Christian faith and in his devotion to this great country. When he wrote from the Birmingham jail in 1963, he said, quote, the sacred heritage of our nation and the will of Almighty God are embodied in our demands. He knew the American dream was a dream unfulfilled. But I've been studying Dr. King because I knew Reverend King was going to be watching. And when you read Dr. King's descriptions of our founding documents, you feel yourself in the presence of one who knew our founding documents are a shield, they are a sword, and they are a compact. And they embody a promise for every one of us. Here's what he said about our Declaration of Independence. He said, the substance of our dream is expressed in these sublime words, words that are lifted to cosmic proportions. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And when Dr. King spoke of the courageous students who were sitting in at lunch counters across the South, he said, I knew as they were sitting in, they were really standing up for the best in the American dream. And they were taking the whole nation back to those great wells of democracy, which were dug deep by the founding fathers in the Declaration of Independence and in our Constitution. Dr. King fought racism and bigotry and hate with a reverence for freedom, with an unshakable courage of faith in God, and a determination to live in the truth. His life and his work serve truly as a call to conscience for us all. And never have we needed that example more. Never have we faced a greater need to heed his call than the one we face today. My friends, as we meet this afternoon, a great lie is doing its work, poisoning the bloodstream of our democracy. A former president refuses to acknowledge that he lost and he has convinced millions that our elections 
and our democracy no longer work. He threatens the foundations of our nation and everything Dr. King persevered to save. If given the chance, this former president's allies in Congress will once again ignore the rulings of our nation's courts, the outcome of our elections, and the words of our Constitution. As they, as they claim for themselves the right to throw out the votes of millions of Americans and install their former leader as our president. We must not let them prevail. And my friends, faith communities have a particular obligation this election year. There are churches across our nation where ministers preach from the pulpits in adoration of this former president. There are pastors who seem to have forgotten the first commandment. <clears throat> And they, and they are openly embracing an immoral, unstable, and depraved man who threatens violence and death, who attacks the rule of law, and who says he can terminate our Constitution. All people, all people of goodwill in this nation, regardless of race, religion, political affiliation, regardless of anything else that might divide us, must stand together against this. We must draw back from the abyss. We must see each other anew, not as partisans, but as God's children. We must work, my friends, as though everything depended on us, because it does. And uh, does the portion of God's children that happen to have ovaries, fallopian tubes, uteruses, uh, have the right to control the workings of those organs. I'm just curious because uh, Miss Lizzie here has been so pro-life for so long. I, I I know I'm I'm already under the skin of probably a lot of you, and Kim in New York is speaking for you because Liz Cheney is a shining light in the fight for civil rights. This must be my day to spew my outrage at you, Robin. You go right at you, you. You go right ahead, Kim. Uh, it's okay. What the hell was Bernice King thinking? What has Cheney ever done to champion civil rights and equality, not only for African Americans but for anybody? What has she ever said in defense of civil rights and equality? You know, if it wasn't, if it hadn't been part of the nitwit Nero agenda, I'm sure, if it, under under different circumstances, if there'd been no January 6th, Liz Cheney would still be in the House of Representatives, and she probably would have been out there barking and grunting and mewling and puking about CRT and DEI. And I just don't need I don't need the dysphoric spiral this evening. She's probably be out there. There's only two genders. 
<sighs> Jesus. Um, Kim notes, as Scrooge says in A Christmas Carol, I'll retire to bedlam. <sighs> yeah. No kidding. Well, there's not that much left. I'm... And we must pray as though everything depended upon God, because it does. As Dr. King taught us, the danger is not only the vitriolic words and the violent actions of bad people, but also the appalling silence and the indifference of good people. We all must act, and we all must serve. The only requirement for service, according to Dr. King, is a heart full of grace and a soul generated by love. As we honor the greatness of Dr. King, let us also honor and remember the goodness of our nation, the kindness of our neighbors, the better angels of our nature, and the God who gave us life, gave us liberty at the same time. And let us resolve that we will rise above what divides us to love our country more. Let us resolve to live in truth, fortified by the memory and the lessons of the life of Dr. Martin Luther King. While we're loving our country more, and then, you know, they, they do it over at Pink Shrek Show and, 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 and all those Manosphere shows. We're just asking questions. Uh, while we're loving America more, does that mean we have to love the maggots? Do we have to love the filthy little Nazis with their cheesy-ass haircuts and their polo shirts and their tiki torches marching through Charlottesville in 2017 saying, Jews will not replace us? Do we have to love them, too? Do we have to love the guy from, I don't know, Dubuque yesterday from the carcasses on Monday who said, that America needs a, a paddling from Daddy Trump. Do we have to love him? Do we have to love the other guy from Iowa who said that uh, um, that uh, uh, America needs a good dictator right now? Yeah, it reminds me of that that darling, darling young girl. Her name was Sweet Tater. Her mama was. Her, her, her mama was Idaho Tater, and her daddy was Russet Tater. And she came home all excited one day, Sweet Tater did, and she said, Mommy, Daddy, I'm in love. I've fallen in love with Donald Trump. And Mama said, Oh, no, honey, Sweet Tater, no. And Russet Tater said, I absolutely forbid it. He's just a dictator. Sorry. My friends, on March 25th, 1965, standing in front of the Alabama State Capitol in Montgomery, at the end of the march from the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma, Dr. King reminded us all, no lie can live forever. I know you're asking, Dr. King said, how long will it take 
I come to say to you this afternoon, however difficult the moment, however frustrating the hour, it will not be long. Because truth, crushed to earth, will rise again. Together, remembering the lessons and the courage and the love of Dr. King, we will make sure it does. Thank you. God bless you all. And God bless America. Thank you. Okay. I mean, I guess... Feels a little Stockholm syndrome. It just does. Um, I mean, she's not wrong. Orange Julius Geezer does threaten the foundations of our nation and everything Dr. King persevered to save. What makes. What makes that news, though? Uh, Matt in San Francisco, Liz Cheney. A Republican only has to be correct about one thing, and they get a standing ovation. She cleared the bar. Low bar. I don't think you could limbo under a bar that low. Probably, probably trigger my lumbago and make me have to go and get a mustard plaster. Emilio says, now Liz is white-splaining what MLK said? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, okay, I, I will. Uh my cheesy little joke there, Brother Deacon Asus, is shame on you. I could see that awful tire fire of a joke coming from a mile away. Well, it wasn't exactly a shaggy dog story. Uh, Flavio says, uh, dictator joke, after that one, please show yourself out the door. Well, it's going to be kind of hard to do the show from out there in 20 whole degrees Fahrenheit. I'll try to behave myself uh, better as the program continues. And by the way, we have $1,180 to go in fundraising. Ah, that just makes my liver quiver. Uh, no, let's see. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, Wednesday, Tuesday, Monday, and $280 of Friday remain unfunded. We can knock it down to 11:50 if somebody wants to celebrate the Packers beating the Cowboys alongside Ralphs. That'd be lovely. Um, Kim, who is uh, well, she's speaking for a lot of us this evening because because Liz Cheney is a shining light in the fight for civil rights. That was her prelude to her candidacy for presidency in 2028. I, I thought the same thing. She wants to be our first woman president. And that takes me, of course, to what I've said a million times. Uh, just checking off a box is not sufficient. America needs to have a woman president, but America needs to have a woman president who respects women's rights and wishes to advance women's 
rights. Uh, I wish you weren't as right as I think you are, Kim. Stephen New York skunk at the picnic. I can't help but wonder if I won't speak for anyone else. Am White explaining about Bernice King's invite to Cheney? No, I don't think you are. I mean, it was for, for her to do what, it, and maybe this is maybe maybe this is prodigal daughter stuff. Maybe this is the shepherd leaving the ninety-nine sheep to go and save the one. If you can bring Liz Cheney into the flock and maybe change her mind and turn turn her into a decent human being, maybe you've got a shot at a few more. If the decent human beings who yet consider themselves to be some sort of Republican would leave the party, join the Democrats, change their attitudes, realize that this country does better when this country does better, for everyone, then what would be left of the Republican Party would probably be that rump, old, cranky, white people's party that none other than Dwight D. Eisenhower was warning about back during his presidency. Yeah, Steve added Liz Cheney's chilling speech where she repented of ever supporting her daddy for president. That's worth remember remembering. Uh, Daddy Count Dicula. Well, the Horn ad hoc research department might want to get get on this, but in his one term in Congress, didn't it just happen to be during the uh, Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act, and didn't Dick Cheney vote against it? Or am I thinking of Pappy Bush? Or am I thinking of both of them? Uh, don't you know, Matt in San Francisco says, Liz Cheney threw the first brick at Stonewall. I was waiting for that one. Marsha P. Cheney. Right, Matt? Uh, oh, and uh, a note coming in earlier today, just a fun little update. I mentioned that Cynthia got her acorn smoker put together. She said, I ordered the smoking stone from Amazon last night, and today I bought some small bags of both apple wood and hickory chunks for smoking. What woods did you recommend again? If you're going to do salmon, get some alder. Apple and hickory are perfect. Uh, cherry is good. Uh, it, like I said, uh, Cynthia, if you've got a friend down in the wine country, see if you can scrounge up some uh, grapevines from the cuttings. Otherwise, Cynthia says, I don't have anything to smoke yet, but this is okay. More rain's on the way, and I won't have a good chance to try it all out until those storms work their way through. And I gather I also need to season the grill first, but burning some hot charcoal in it for an, uh, you know, by burning uh, for an hour anyway. And you'll learn how to manage the damper in the chimney in that process to get the, uh, to get the heat temperature just right to hold it and make sure you... Oil your oil your grill surface and all of that. 
I haven't heard if you have tried the sous vide on anything yet, and I'm anxiously awaiting that news. With all this everything Trump shit in your face everywhere and all the time, I'm going to need some good food porn to help keep me sane. Lieutenant, you already knew that. And, yes, over the weekend, uh, I was trying not to be too... Uh, too eager or make anything too terribly complicated so I uh, I wrapped some boneless skinless chicken thighs in bacon and put them in the bag patted them real real dry and everything and squeezed as much air out of the Ziploc as I could and it came out very very well oh it was tasty had some sautéed onions and mushrooms that I put over top of them afterward. Yeah, it was yummy. I can't wait to try, you know, something a little bit more complex. And really want to get a vacuum sealer to make things even more interesting. Anyway, uh, back to the juice box. <laughs> Will someone please give Nitwit Nero a juice box? Uh, Cynthia added, one juice box ain't going to cut it. Give Trump a box of juice boxes. Better yet, fill up a dump truck full of them and dump them on all the dump them all on that filthy asshole. He doesn't smell like that for nothing, you know. Oh, a Trump miasma reference. Yes, absolutely. And and I, I can't I can't help noting uh, that. Uh, well, you're just not going to get scintillating commentary like this at every other radio program. Of course, Liz Cheney threw the first brick at Stonewall. Yes, and she was she was beaten on Bloody Sunday in Selma. Exactly. Randy Radar says, like Jim Hightower says, everyone else does better when everyone does better. I knew I must be channeling someone. Um, uh, where, where now? There's a bit of a showdown taking place in Texas, y'all. Texas, uh, the Biden administration, <laughs> I, I just kind of, I, I hear the, in all of this. The Biden administration, the Associated Press reports, no, CNN reports, the Biden administration has given Texas until the end of Wednesday to stop blocking the U.S. Border Patrol's access to two and a half miles along the U.S.-Mexico border. It includes the area where a woman and two children drowned after state authorities last week barred federal agents from the zone. Uh, CNN exclusively got hold of the letter that was sent to Texas. It was directed to uh, Texas Attorney General Maggot and uh, indicted felon Ken Paxton. And it explained that you have impeded operations, are engaged in unconstitutional conduct, And said, if you do not cease your activities, we will refer the matter to the Department of Justice for appropriate action and consider all other options available to restore Border Patrol's access to the border. 
if it does if if Texas doesn't cease and desist its efforts to block Border Patrol's access in and around the Shelby Park area and remove all barriers to access to the U.S.-Mexico border. The letter came from Department of Homeland Security General Counsel Jonathan Meyer. Texas's failure to provide access to the border persists even in instances of imminent danger to life and safety. Texas has demonstrated that even in the most exigent circumstances, it will not allow Border Patrol access to the border to conduct law enforcement and emergency response activities. You know, those miserable, shit-eating maggots down in Texas, people like Greg Asbot and Ken Paxton and uh, Dan Patrick, they're all pro-life, pro-life. And when the pro-life people get going real good, you know, when, when they're all smeared up with Crisco and handling serpents and speaking in tongues and rolling on the floor and like, they get to talking about the precious little fetuses. And how life is sacred. And eventually one of them will get around to saying, what if one of them precious aborted babies would have have cured cancer? But they never wonder that when they're letting a 10-year-old little boy and an 8-year-old little girl and the children's mama drown in the Rio Grande. Well, I mean, that couldn't happen because they couldn't ever possibly go to college in America because they ain't smart enough to get a good college where they could learn how to cure cancer. Only precious white American heterosexual cisgender fetuses that are Christian might ever cure cancer. I despise them. Uh, This past Monday, there was a filing to the Supreme Court Um, they've uh, uh, they've asked the Supreme Court the Biden administration has to step in when Texas sued the United States constructive secession y'all remember you heard the phrase here first kind of like we were the first people to to talk about uh cold civil war back when it was cold. But the Biden administration wants to intervene, the Supreme Court to intervene and tell Texas to quit it and stop keeping the Border Patrol from removing the razor wire that that vicious Christian Greg Asbot has ordered put in place. Because, you know, that's what Yeshua, the brown-skinned Palestinian day laborer and a semi-literate itinerant rabbi who wore a dress every day of his life would have done. It's right there in Matthew 25. Are people trying to cross the Jordan River? Put razor wire in the river to stop them. If you haven't tormented poor people, you're tormenting me. 
said Jesus. Take up thy AR-15 and follow me. In the Supreme Court filing, the Biden administration said that letting a woman and her two children drown in plain sight, quote, underscores that Texas is firm in its continued efforts to exercise, I don't know how firm they are. I mean, we're talking about Dan Patrick, Greg Asbot, and, well, I mean, Ken Paxton was having a, an illicit affair with a, uh, a woman that was, it was not his one-man, one-woman, uh, upstanding, Bible-believing Christian wife. Now, uh, Texas is firm in its continued efforts to exercise complete control of the border and land and to block Border Patrol's access to the border even in emergency circumstances. And putting a, putting a pin in it, Solicitor General of the United States, Elizabeth Prelegar, said in the filing, it is impossible to say what might have happened if Border Patrol had had its former access to the area, including through its surveillance trucks that assisted in monitoring the area. At the very least, however, Border Patrol would have had the opportunity to take any available steps to fulfill its responsibilities and assist its counterparts in the Mexican government with undertaking the rescue mission. Texas made that impossible. The blood of innocence is on the hand hands of Dan Patrick and Greg Aspot and Ken Paxton and every single individual who carried out the orders to keep the United States from fulfilling its constitutional duty to oversee the border of the United States. By way of an excuse, the Texas Military Department, which needs to be nationalized yesterday, said, well, uh, by the time the Border Patrol asked for uh, access to the site, uh, them Mexicans had already drowned. Mexican authorities were recovering the bodies, and Border Patrol expressed these facts to TMD personnel on site. At no time did TMD security personnel along with the river observe any distressed migrants. No, they weren't distressed migrants. They were distressed illegal aliens. Language can be such a devil. Nor did TMD turn back any illegal immigrants from the U.S. during this period. We only turned back illegal aliens. Also, at no point was TMD made aware of any bodies in the area of Chevy Park nor was TMD made aware of any bodies being discovered on the U.S. side of the border regarding this here situation. I know it's a lot to hope for, but it would be really nice if, this, if, if our most puissant, dread sovereign, supreme Catholic majesties would rat slap these bastards back into the Stone Age. Meanwhile, uh, folks with an insurrectionist bent are calling for uh, patriots to go to Eagle Pass and uh, set up tents and campers and RVs to hold back the foreign invasion. 
You know, the next January 6th may not take place in Washington, D.C. It may take place in Eagle Pass, Texas. I can't help but be informed by history. And it seems so long ago now, but it wasn't. But it does. It seems so long ago now that the Barack Obama administration turned a blind eye to a bunch of insurrectionist, white supremacist assholes led by ammonium nitrate Bundy when they invaded a, a bird sanctuary in Oregon. And they just let him sit there when the United States government would have been completely within its rights to, I don't know, just send a drone over and hellfire the lot of them. Might take that in. It might take that insurrectionist courage, right? Might take the bot, the base right out their voices. But here we are, aren't we? Yeah, here we are. And we've entered the second hour of the program. The Phil Robster continues. I'll never forget, says Matt, when that crowd dumped soup on Liz's head at the Woolworth lunch counter. Right, yeah, yeah. Then again, you know there's uh, bullshit disinformation out there, I'm not kidding, that says that Nitwit Nero marched with Dr. King. Oh, really? This June, they'll have the brick in his hand at Stonewall. Uh, not yet, Routes. Uh, your challenge has gone two days now without being matched. And, you know, it's the month after Christmas and things are really hard, so I understand. But it's hard to keep this all going when we're 1180 in the hole. Todd. Todd says, Liz Cheney touches a Negro man. News heard around the world. Brother Deacon Asa, you've been drinking your sarcasm soup today, haven't you? Regarding everyone else does better when everyone does better, this is why we need to help our billionaires become richer by giving them more tax cuts, damn it. A rising tide lifts all people by their bootstraps. By Jove, I think you're ready for induction into the club for growth, Brother Deacon. Um, yeah, going back to me saying that if insurrectionist was co-conspirator number six, Justice Thomas would have to recuse himself. What? Says, stop it, Robin. If there was ever a case involving his Jenny, every conservative justice would have to vote with Uncle Clarence in favor of Jenny, or else, or else, har har crow will come for them, put them aboard his private jet, and they'll never be heard from again. Randy Radar, in regard to Texas, says, Texas root numbers go as high as into the 2000s. Just cut off their federal highway funding. Sounds like a lovely idea, but I don't know if they can do that. 
Congress did that back when they wanted everybody to not be able to have a beer until they were 21 years old. But that was a matter of the highway bill. The challenge, this goes back to um, Monday. Uh, Ralph's challenge is the, woohoo, the Packers beat the Cowboys $25 challenge. We weren't a goose egg yesterday, and thank you, Theo, for keeping that from happening. Um, Lee in New York says, Cheney is Congress. From January 79 to March 89, Cheney missed 574 of 4,830 roll call votes, which is 11.9%. This is worse than the median of 4.8% among lifetime records of representatives serving in March of 1989. Um, Oh, Cheney in Congress. Okay. So, wow. Wow. He missed his chance to vote against Johnson's policies. Okay, it must have been H.W. Bush who voted against the Civil Rights Act. Emilio says, wait, Velveeta King didn't invite Lynn Cheney first? I know. But then again, she's a maggot, so it could be that Liz doesn't take her calls. Um, I don't know who's on the stress line. Let's find out. Hey, welcome to the program. Hey, Robin, can you hear me? I can. Okay, it's Georgia. Oh, hey, Georgia. Hey, welcome to the program. You need to turn your <laughs> audio. You Happy need New to, Year. You need to turn turn your audio down in the background, please. Okay, sure. Is that better? I uh, hope. Yeah, it's it's weird when I'm hearing myself. You know, 15 seconds ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, a new year. It's crazier than ever. I thought maybe it might, you know, tamp down a little bit. But uh, it's another election year, so you know how that goes. Republicans ramp it up. Uh, it's just crazy. It's too, mu- it's too much to hope for. We are not going to behave ourselves during a presidential election year. I know, but it's so, you know, it's, I don't know how to put it. It's kind of like, you know, we got through the 2020 election and you think you're going to have a moment to exhale and breathe, but it's never really happened. Well, no, 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 you're, you're, you're right. I mean, uh, the 2020 election took place within the context of the pandemic. And so we were already done to a tender turn. We knew that Nitwit Nero wouldn't accept his loss. I don't know that we all necessarily knew that he would then incite an insurrection, but here we are. Yeah. And so we've been we we've been we've been watching this ongoing assault on on what passes for our democracy uh, for four years, and it takes a toll. And you know that's kind of it's kind of part it's kind of part and parcel of what we do here. Why why we have this conversation, so that we can all hear each other going, no, we're not nuts. It's, sometimes it's just it's too much. I just you know sometimes I want to 
go to sleep, wake up, and things are like kind of normal, but it just won't happen. <laughs> I guess this is, you know, this is it for now. We, you know, we, well, what did, uh, what did Donald Rums, Rumfield say back when he and uh, Dick Cheney and, and, and George W. Bush were slaughtering the innocent people of Iraq? You go to war with the troops you have, not the troops you want. You know, we live in the political yeah. times we get, not what we desired. Right. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. Well, I, I want, I want that, I want that American future where we have bullet trains from New York to San Francisco and Los Angeles and Chicago and New Orleans and. And when I was much younger, I thought we'd be there by now. We aren't. Yeah, I, I think we just have a, such an organized resistance in this country. Um, and it's, it's so well funded. Any kind of harebrained idea, they can, you know, they can make it happen. AstroTurf, um, protests, anything. You know, these billionaires in the background, private companies, unaccountable, not even publicly, publicly traded companies, you know, they just, they can just do what they want on the fly. And we, we're always kind of reacting. And, I, I just don't have an answer for it. I mean, how we can. Only thing I can think of is like, what what comes next. If we have some thinkers who are thinking about what comes next when we get that opportunity. Well, I don't know. What if, comes I, I, I don't, after I don't, this? I don't know if you recall the conversation with my friend Alessandria a couple of months back, when she was talking about the the, the rather uh, seismic demographic shift that's about to take place in this country in a few years. She talked about the fact that if we can hang on to what we have until 2028, which is, of course, only four years away, then that will bring the vast bulk of G uh, of Generation Z online. And, they're not, and, and if we can get them to the polls, I don't know, if, 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 but if we can get them to the polls... Then MAGA and a whole bunch of the Republican Party are basically done for. Yeah. Okay. I I hear that, but I, I I'm a little skeptical because I, I I don't think this election is going to go off without a hitch here in 2024. Um, 2016 was a precursor, and we still don't know all that went on. Um, behind the scenes that you know, the public just doesn't know. But what we do know is is kind of frightening. I mean, to me, I don't expect there not to be some surprises. And as they say right now, the people behind Trump are, are running a very disciplined kind of campaign, not like he had the last time. So, yeah, he's doing his craziness, his, his bit. But the people who want him there, who he will owe, um, and who, and whatever other foreign governments that are involved, we just don't know. And I just feel like it's still going to be some kind of crazy surprise, and we can't walk into it thinking like it's going to be above board. It's never been an above board election with, with, with Trump, period. Um, and then this crazy stuff coming out about Roger Stone. We still don't know 
the extent from 2016 with him, uh, Julian Assange, the Russian government. Uh, he, he was talking about having Swalwell and Jerry Nadler killed. I, I, it's 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 crazy, but I think we we as we the people we need to know what what really happened, and I think because there's so much murky that went on in 2016 that you know that let's let's put it this way this is the way I kind of see it if Trump were to have gone away I think maybe the way they dealt with Trump would have been fine but because he's an incorrigible person he's never going to back down he he gets away with whatever went on in 2016 no one challenges him as soon as he's in office he's already plotting to steal the next election and as what Kaylee McEnany told him, the only candidate you have to be worried about is Joe Biden. So then he's working with you, trying to get Ukraine to come up with something on Joe Biden. All this stuff, not running the country, not doing anything, but trying to get that, whatever he needs to get him over the line in 2020. Even when Biden was pretty much dead, except, you know, Jim Clyburn endorsed him. South Carolina pulled him over the line. And then that was the matchup. But I, I just, I, I, I don't want us to be lulled to sleep like kind of like something. Um, sorry about that. My little earbud came out. Oh, no, that's okay. Uh, something fair and square. <laughs> I went on there for a minute. No, you're no, you're you're fine. You 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 make you make perfect sense, and the question you know the question is whether enough of us will recognize the grave threat and enough of us will resist the urge to sign on for the, the sign on to the agenda of the unicorn sparkle fart propelled unicorn cavalry purity patrol to let us actually save this country, because the bottom line is uh, throwing a temper tantrum and refusing to support Joe Biden. Over anything, honestly, yeah. is nothing but a way to get Trump. If we want to see Trump brought to justice, what has to happen is he must be convicted. And in order to complete that process, Joe Biden has to be in office in January of 2025. I mean, everything, really, we, we've pushed, we have pushed the pile of chips over onto one number on the roulette wheel, and we've got uh, every, we've got our fingers and our toes crossed, and our arms behind our uh, crossed behind our backs. And like I like I said, I think maybe yesterday, he does seem to have a really competent, capable team. And I think based on the speeches we've heard recently, he is going to start taking the fight to Nitwit Nero more and more because. Nitwit Nero still has to get through a primary process that, for all intents and purposes, Joe Biden doesn't. He doesn't have to tap into his war chest very much to get through this primary process. But he has got to be in office on January 20th or 21st, 2025. That is this country's only hope. Yes. And I hope people can see it for what it is. Like, you're not going to agree with people on everything. And then also a president, they have 
other considerations that we can't necessarily see. Um, I, 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 I'm, I don't want to be a worry wart, but I, I am very concerned, not about Joe Biden, but about the people understanding um, the importance of this. And you know what? It always seems hyperbolic. This is the most important election, but they ramp it up every time. And this is, if we, I mean, can you imagine? I don't even want to imagine, but if we can't hold the line, this world will change so much. It's not even just the United States. It's the whole world. No, we've because we've got to we, we've got we we've, we've got to continue to stand behind Ukraine. You know, Ukraine is willing to fight its own fight, but they don't have enough money to stand up against the might of Mother Russia. Mm-hmm. And democracy is on the line there. Uh, I've got a story in the stack about the uh, AFD, the Alternative für Deutschland. You know, the little the little uh, Nazis with better manners in Germany. There's a fa- mm-hmm. you know there's there is an avowedly fascist prime minister in Italy. This is yeah. a fr- this is a frightening yeah. world. Yeah, you've got and you've got that little jackass in Argentina. Oh God, he's so weird. <laughs> Isn't he just? Yeah, but these so you know these 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 movements are. Uh, I saw the other day. I didn't go too deep into the story. You may have run across it, but. Uh, Xi Jinping has gotten into it with his own military. Oh, wow. I didn't see that one. Uh, you might look it up, but uh, there are some Chinese, uh, CC, whatever, uh, CCP military types that are in deep hot water over the fact that I think what the story said, some of their missiles were full of water and not propellant fuel? Well. You know, Taiwan just openly defied mainland China by electing a new president? Yeah, so that. It's, it, you, you need someone who is sane in the Oval Office to deal with all of these things. I know. It's like a crescendo. Everything is like crazy all at once all over. And I, I just feel like a lot of bad actors um, are trying to to push it up. I, I hope Biden um, – I mean, I, I look at the situation in the Middle East right now. I look at the, the hard work the Obama administration did to get the Iran nuclear deal and how – Trump, Bibi, and Jared wanted wanted it undone. They undid it, and then look at all this craziness. It's so much work went into that. It's I I I, I don't know. I'm I'm speechless. I just look at all these things that people just don't appreciate the work of other people uh, and willy nilly uh, undo work. Then it's crazy. That's what some people want, apparently, I guess, because they can act out. It's, it's just too much. It's exhausting. And it we talk exhausting. we talk about that a lot, and that's you know it's part of, that's you know it's part of why we clown around on here some. 
Yeah, that's that's where the that's where the silly voices come in, and the and and the food porn and the cowbells and whoever threw the first rock at Stonewall, <laughs> because we we have to we have to be happy warriors, you know. Yeah, yeah. I hate to be a Debbie Downer. I'm sorry. Oh, you're All not. Right. You're not. <laughs> Uh, are you uh, are 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 you uh, somewhere far enough south that you're not freezing to death? Oh uh, yeah, I'm I'm in the south. Um, Sunday it was like a high of sixty one. It's gotten a little colder the last few days, but not too bad. That's bearable. I'm jealous. Yeah, I know. Some friends from Texas told me it was snowing there. Well, uh, Miss Terry told me yesterday or the day before it snowed on the Alabama Gulf Coast yesterday. Ah, uh, I heard that too. I heard that too. My poor little hometown in Alabama yeah. has like six inches of snow on the ground, and you know it, it, that whole area turns into the Donner Party when you get that much snow. I know it, when you're in the South, people don't know how to drive on it, and then of course that black ice. It's uh make for a bad time, Rick. <laughs> Stay off of it. I hope everybody else is well, though. I'm glad to bring in the new year and and roll up my sleeves and, and get to work. I'm going to do what I can to try to push push this country and push Joe Biden across the finish line. Us. I think we, ha- we absolutely have to, and we, you know, we have to... We have to have a let's get this done attitude. Right. And we cannot afford we, we cannot I'm, we cannot afford the privilege of of you know pulling a, a a Susan Sarandon and saying, "Well, America will be just fine under Donald Trump." She is infuriating. <laughs> I know. But, <laughs> so but you know what? You're privileged. I mean, you're a millionaire. You're going to be fine no matter what because you can be in your gated enclave. There are a lot of vulnerable people here. And we have a lot of people in this country who want to be able to do violence against other people and be totally unaccountable. You're absolutely right. People have to be hide in their home and keep it secret that somebody beat the crap out of them or came to their homes burning crosses or... You know, or whatever. Uh, you know, people. There are people who pine for that kind of stuff, and we have to accept it. Deplorable uh, may not have been a tough enough term, but yeah, there are a lot of deplorable people in this country, and they want their pound of flesh. Yeah, they figured out how to spell deplorable. Let's uh, let's see their deplorable and raise them a reprehensible, shall we? But, oh, but you're right. I mean, it, it reminds me of what Matt in San Francisco said toward the end of the program yesterday. Uh, I said, I don't want to go to their camps. And Matt said, I didn't even like camp as a kid. Let's start the nev- let's start the yes. never again now. Yes, I I can't do it. I can't go there. And I, I, I don't, don't want to. Go there. I mean, if it was so great, why did people fight like hell to get out of it? <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? Yes. Like if people want to be in camps or you know in in these uh, situations where they have no rights. Why did people continually, generation after generation? If it was so beautiful, why didn't they just say, "Oh, this is the best. Let's just stay here like this." 
No, that's not what they said. Generation after generation, they're trying to get become more free, have more self-determination. Not you get to tell us what we can and can't do based on what's between our legs or in between our thoughts and the head and our brain or how we feel. No, you get to be the arbiter or people that look like you or you this collective group who decide what who decides what's okay and who can do what and who can have what. And I'm I'm somewhat unfortunate fortunate is a weird word to use in this in this circumstance. But I'm somewhat fortunate in that I did learn the history of this place where I live. And that that make America great again bilious crap is is exactly that. My ancestors were willing to were willing to take up arms and and, and fight for the right to be treated like a decent human being. You know, the, the mine wars started in the New River in the New River Gorge around nineteen oh seven and continued mm-hmm. all the way up to nineteen twenty one. And it's the it, it it in in a way it was somewhat like a second civil war. Um it was it was working people who lived and worked in unbearable conditions, mm-hmm. demanding nothing more. You know, they, 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 you know, they, they weren't ushering in the, con, you know, the, 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 the communist proletariat. They just, they just wanted to be able to heat their homes, feed their kids, and not be forever in debt to the company store, and not to, and not have to die in gassy holes and be. Uh, ripped off by the checkwayman as they as they brought their hand loaded carts of coal out out of the mines. There is an activist spirit in, in in this country that goes back to the abolition the New England abolitionists of the mid nineteenth century. Uh, to a certain extent, it goes back to the revolutionary impulse. And that's why a more perfect union, that phrase, appears in the Constitution. As I've said on a number of occasions, you know, where democracy is concerned, the United States, uh, relative to democracy, has always been far more aspirational than operational. It's mind-boggling to think that it took until 1919 for us to think that women needed to participate, well, white women, needed to participate in democracy. And it took another 40 uh, years, 45 years, for us to think that you know maybe the definition of America in, in, included people of color participating in democracy. And all along the way, there have been reactionaries who have resisted those democratic impulses. And so I think we can see the maggots, for instance as an extension of that you know the same kind of yeah, pe- the same uh, the same kind of people who uh, bowed and scraped before the coal companies or the hard rock mining companies out west or who who licked the boots of the railroad billionaires when uh, people like conductors and 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 stewards uh, were on strike the auto workers who dared to stand up against General Motors and Henry Ford. This is much. This is this is much more a country that has 
worked toward a progressive future than it is one that has been happy with the status quo. Yes. And that's why we don't teach it. I, like, wonder how did Texas and some of the other states, but mainly Texas, get a hold of, like, the school school business? (laughs) Well, they're big. They're big. It it is simply a function of Texas's size, the same way as it is with California and, to an extent, Florida. So the publishers bow and scrape before uh, those those school book uh, committees because they're going to they're going when they when they publish those books those books will be disseminated out to much smaller states. Okay, that's uh, I got you. That's market economics, and it's probably not the best way to run a public school system. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you talked me off of the ledge. I feel better. Oh, good. Yay, I win. Oh, man. Um, All right. Well, I'll let you get back to it. Uh, Wonderful talking to you. Oh, it's an absolute um, joy. And uh, I'll give something this week at some point. I usually do once a week, but... uh, uh, and I, I appreciate it. And thank you to all you listeners out there, too, for keeping the show going. Thank you so much. I do appreciate it. They do. We do. All right. It's, all, it's all, right. all a community effort. You have a wonderful evening and enjoy those balmy temperatures. Thank you. Talk to you later, Robin. Bye. Oh, how wonderful. Hearing from Georgia. Uh, and and uh, happy news. Uh, an anonymous friend has met Ralph's challenge, so we are now down officially to 1130 bucks in the hole. That means 230 to finish last Friday, and uh, then the week is unfunded. So there we are. I wanted to share something with you. Nipper sent this along to me on social media, and this is just kind of wild because this is another one of those moments where you go, ah, you know, you never know who's listening to the program. It was way back in the beginning of the nightmare reign of uh, Orange Julius Geezer when we st- when I started talking about the Spirochetes shrieking each to each uh, in between the ears of Nitwit Nero, and we did some speculation for good or ill on whether somewhere along the way. Marcus Horalius might have picked up a little dose of the syphilis. Well, lo and behold, and thank you, Nipper. Check this out. This is old Snakehead. If you go to the Drudge Report, and I think it'll still be up, there's a story that talks about Trump having hand cuts, and you can link to it. They don't look like cuts to me. They look like sores. And I've asked a number of MDs what medical condition manifests itself through hand sores, and the answer is immediate and unanimous, secondary syphilis. All right? I think I think there's a good chance this man has to clap. And I'm not being particularly secretive about it. I am texting 
the photo, you can link to it. It's in some operation called the Daily Mail. It's some British thing. It's probably a Fleet Street rag, but, you know, maybe the picture was doctored or whatever, but I, maybe the story goes somewhere. Maybe it won't, but I'm telling you, at 1 o'clock Eastern, I'm humping this thing like a young dog on old furniture. <laughs> well, I have an idea for the Iowa caucuses. Why don't you just do an Ann Seltzer poll the weekend before they have the caucus and just go with that as opposed to going to all the trouble and have people go out in the cold and go and do it? Because it, it, as it always was, it was de- as accurate as a poll could possibly be. And let me tell you, you got to be a really good poster to nail the Iowa caucuses. It's, it's not like trying to nail a general election where you have a lot of people vote or certain to vote or anything like that. Uh, I have a, a little more negative. Well, maybe more. We got to the part that matters. Thanks, Nipper. That's James Carville catching up with us here at the Horn eight years late. I don't know if there really are sores on his hands, but we've been arguing since uh, 2016 at least certainly 2017, that no, it's not secondary syphilis. Baby, it's tertiary. And that's where the spirochetes start shrieking each to each. And it's not impossible by any stretch of the imagination. Not impossible at all. Remember, Winston Churchill's daddy uh, Randolph Churchill wound up with tertiary syphilis and went mad as a hatter. I don't think it's and 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 the thing is syphilis can get to a point where you can't treat it. Might explain him, you know, saying hello South Dakota when he was in Iowa might explain a lot of things. And then uh, a little something from Katie Fong over at MSNBC regarding the trial today. Because, you know, we, we, we know he was on his best behavior earlier. Away from her, Eugene Carroll is on the stand. She's being cross-examined by Trump attorney Alina Haba. Once trial wraps for the day, our colleague Lisa Rubin is going to join the program. But we begin with Eugene Carroll's incredible testimony so far. Today, she told a jury that one of the this most MSNBC, powerful men in the planet assaulted her, lied about it, and ruined her reputation. To have the president of the United States one of the most powerful persons on earth. Call me a liar for three days and say it 26 times. I counted them. It ended the world I had been living in, and I lived in a new world, Carol said. Hateful messages popped up on Twitter, on Facebook, hundreds of messages a day, some of them using the very same words Trump used to defame her, Carol said. And according to Carol, all of it happened because Trump lied about her. Quote, he said, I made up an accusation to sell a book. That is a lie. He said, I made up the accusation for publicity's sake. That 
is a lie. He said, my accusation damaged the real victims of sexual assault. That is a lie. He said, people like me who make false accusations are very dangerous, in very dangerous territory, that I shouldn't have done it for the sake of publicity. That is also a lie. Her attorney asked her, have you paid dearly, Miss Carroll? She responded, I've paid just about as dearly as possible to pay. Throughout her testimony, Trump huffed and he puffed. He slammed the table at one point, leading Judge Kaplan to ask him to keep his voice down. That did not stop Trump. NBC News reporting Carroll's lawyer, Sean Crowley, had called the former president out for continuing to make statements, as some jurors could hear him say, this really is a con job. Mr. Trump has the right to be present here. That right can be forfeited, and it can be forfeited if he is disruptive and if he disregards court orders, Kaplan said. Mr. Trump, I hope I don't have to consider excluding you from the trial. I understand you are very eager for me to do that. I would love it. I would love it, Trump replied, putting both hands in the air and shaking them. I know you would, because you just can't control yourself in this circumstance. You just can't, the judge responded. Through it all, Carol continued to testify. She told the jury that when she won her first trial back in May, she thought Trump would finally stop his attacks. Quote, for a few glorious hours, I thought, this is it. But then, as she put it, Mr. Trump went on a CNN town hall and repeated the same lies. And that is where we start today with former acting U.S. Solicitor General Neil Katyal. And with me at the table, New York Times editorial board member Mara Gay and MSNBC host and legal analyst Katie Fang is back. Katie, let's start with you. Um, difficult to get through that testimony from Carol, so emotional, so clear, the price she has paid for all of this? I think people need to realize the confrontation in a courtroom setting from the victim of rape, which is E. Jean Carroll, and, and in the interest of full disclosure, I am friends with E. Jean Carroll. We have been friends for a while, but it doesn't color my legal analysis. I prosecuted sexual battery cases as a prosecutor. The confrontation between the victim of a rape and her rapist is always going to be a powerfully emotional and, and just incredibly traumatizing one. And the trauma is really the word that we need to focus on here because, number one, this isn't a criminal case, right? This is a civil case, but it's the same emotions that are involved. And we've talked as prosecutors about re-traumatizing a victim of sexual assault because every time they have to tell their stories, it's hard and, 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 and you relive it over and over again. In this instance, when E. Jean Carroll has been trying to tell her story, it has just been interrupted constantly by Alina Hava. And I also want to step back for a second because as a trial lawyer, you always want to think about who's doing cross-examination. You want to think about who's doing the presentation of the witnesses because there's the gender dynamic that's there. So to that extent, you don't have the Joe Takapina anymore, right? You have the Alina Haba. But as you were describing at the beginning of the show, Alina Haba has been stepping in it all along the way. But for E. Jean to have to get up and do this again and again. Yeah, hold on, just one point. Kind of like the, the, the thing with... James Carville a minute ago. Here we have Katie Fong talking on MSNBC about how to go about doing a cross-examination and what a delicate thing it is. You feel like you're hearing something said that you've heard said before? Well, it's only because you are. We've been talking about this for ages here. So far out in front of the curve, it's like we're on straight road. 
and, and again is one thing. But then for Eugene to have to explain that it's not just when I go to court, she tells the jury what happens. She does. It, it's all day long. It's the death threats. It's the never constant. Stops. It just it's never mm -hmm. ending. And so I think the fact that somebody has the courage to go and do this, you have to take a moment and just realize that this is one of the most difficult days of Eugene Carroll's life. Right. Of all the forms of accountability, it has been a septuagenarian who's actually been able to hold him most accountable. Well, that is satisfying to see him held accountable for something. But I guess I would ask you, too, as a former trial lawyer, I mean, it does feel to me, and I'm not an attorney, but, you know, while she is going up and telling her story and E. Jean Carroll is being exceptionally brave, as, as many women and really any victim of sexual assault will know, it seems that the former president is continuing to try to intimidate her. Of course. In the courtroom, yeah. in front of the entire world. And I guess I just wonder what consequences, if any, he may face because of that. I mean, what are we to make of that? Uh, you know, as, as laymen watching this, you just... Hi, Mark Barden at Sandy Hook Promise here. Ads. Yeah, we'll be... Yeah, okay, hold on. You really going to get away with that as well? So it's his right to be in court mm -hmm. in a criminal or a civil arena. It is your right as a defendant or a litigant in, in court to be there. Um, the fascinating dynamic was at the very beginning of the day when Eugene Carroll walked into court, she went straight to the witness stand. <clears throat> Donald Trump didn't make eye contact with her directly. And I have yet to actually hear from what's been going on in court the fact that he is staring her down in any way. The coward that he is, he's trying to exact the intimidation through the hand motions. And really, the interaction has been the most confrontational with the judge, because obviously he cannot confront Agent Carroll directly in court in that manner. But your question is so well taken, because accountability can be different things. It could be jail time. It could be prison. It could be millions of dollars, as we've seen, that's already been you know, ordered in this case from that first jury. But her lawyers got up and they delivered the question for the jury, which is, how much is it going to take to make him stop? Because as we've seen, he won't. He, he'll, he'll do it. And he's taunting the judge because he wants to be able to get more fodder to be able to go outside and say, yet I am being the victim. I mean, and that's the absurdity of this, that he's claiming to be the victim in this very clear case where a jury has already found him liable for sexual assault and for defamation. I mean, Neil, I want, I want you to take a crack at Mara's question, which is, is, is there anything that can be done to stop this type of outburst? I do. So first of all, I think Katie's point is a really important one. Last year, Jean Carroll relived this all in the first trial, and there was a jury trial, and they decided that Donald Trump was guilty of sex assault, was guilty of defamation, and required him to pay $5 million. Now we're having the second trial to decide, you know, is there any way to get this guy to stop with the lies and the defamation of Jean Carroll? And what happened in court today was that when she was testifying, Trump did, you know, what I can only describe as like a bad high school debaters trick, <laughs> like started talking at the same time as she was testifying, saying that's not true and stuff like that, with the hope that the jury would overhear his insinuations and comments. Um, there's nothing subtle about what Donald Trump was trying to do. He was blatantly trying to influence the jury, trying to provoke the judge into kicking him out of the courtroom. And to answer your question, the judge has that right. You have a right to go to your trial, as Katie says, but not when you misbehave. There's Supreme Court precedent that says at that point, even in a criminal trial, 
you can get kicked out of your own trial if you are disrespecting the court. That's you can what also get the Hannibal Lecter mask. He's trying to create a circus and a spectacle because the last thing he wants people to talk about is what he did to Gene Pearl. It's much better for him if we're talking about this judge, you know, kicking him out of the courtroom. And by the way, this judge, Lewis Kaplan, one of the very most respected judges in the entire country, Obviously, a guy who broke no BS, and, you know, that's obviously a problem for Trump because Trump isn't just trying to intimidate Gene Carroll. He's trying to intimidate the judge, and this judge is having none of it. Well, to your point about the scene, about the skeptical, Katie, there was a moment before E. Jean Carroll testified where there was a very tense exchange between Alina Hava and Judge and uh, Here judge we go. Kaplan. Here's how it's described by CNN. Your Honor, clearly we're not going to finish this trial tomorrow, Hava said. This trial will go into next week. I'm asking your honor to have the kindness that my client deserves to be with his family tomorrow and not to have to choose to miss the trial that he has a right to be here for. Kaplan denied the request, asked Hava to sit down. Trump has the right to be present either in person or by counsel, Kaplan said, and nobody is stopping him from doing either. The application is denied. I will hear no further argument on it. None. Do you understand the word? None. Please sit down. An attempt to postpone this trial had already been rejected. Why try yet again, if not for the spectacle, if not for the scene? For the for the client sitting next to her, which is really the only person she's doing this for, it is a foregone conclusion. There will be a multi-million dollar verdict rendered by the second jury against Donald Trump. It is a foregone conclusion because a jury has already reached a determination that Donald Trump is a person who commits sexual assault on somebody like Aging Carroll and defames her. So she, as an Alina Hava, she's doing a few things. One, she's doing the spectacle for her client. But two, she's also doing it because she doesn't know what the hell she's doing. Mm. I am comfortable in saying that the lack of competency on the part of Alina Hobbit is glaringly obvious now. Ooh. She has shown she does not know how to enter evidence. She, she has shown that she does not know how to impeach a witness. She does not have the requisite trial skills to be defending the former president of the United States in a multi-million dollar defamation trial. And yet, you get... So close, Katie Fong, so close. She is not, comp- she is not competent to operate in a food court. In a half-empty mall, she is not she is not competent to handle the first case I ever handled, the case of the burgled biscuit. It really was my first trial. But so it's not just me saying that she is an incompetent twit. Uh, the woman who as uh, as, as Ralph's pointed out earlier this evening, I think she really does want to be the next Mrs. Trump. She wants to be Mrs. Trump number four when Trump checks out. Because I don't think she likes those horrid children. Mommy. What you pay for. And that is exactly what is happening to Donald Trump right now. He has trial skills to be defending the former president of the United States in a multi-million dollar defamation trial. And yet, you get what you pay for. And that is exactly what is happening to Donald Trump right now. He may like the fact that she is kowtowing to him and to the, the MAGA out there in public. But at the end of the day, number one, and for what's worth, I would love to have a camera and audio in the courtroom so people could really see the spectacle. Thank that you. It is. But there are no cameras. There is no audio in that courtroom. So the only thing that's coming out of that courtroom is going to be Trump doing his pressers and Hobba doing her pressers after court saying what they say, which is always wrong. It is not an accurate 
um, you know, uh, relay of what happened in court. And that's a frustrating thing about what happens when there's this perversion of the judicial system. Right. No one said you're. I let that go all the way to the end because, it, well, it's kind of validating. Insofar as, you know, just, you know, simple hillbilly girl out, you know, up in the hills and hollers of almost level west by cold Manchinia stand. But we were getting it right about Alina Havana Havana Havana, counsel for the parking garage, a long time before this ever even got mentioned. Uh, so uh, back to, and and look, there's a reason I I back to back the 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 Carville bit with this segment with Katie Fong. His his erratic behavior may very well be, could very well be, driven by the effects of syphilis on the brain. The odd gait, the weird stances, and yes, Darlene in Connecticut says there are sores or cuts, as Ben Micellis reported today and said they were weird. We all know Trump doesn't do any kind of manual labor unless golf club grips and shafts have suddenly developed razor-sharp edges. Well, Darlene, oh God, you're gonna make me you're gonna make me time travel and be a golf nerd. Uh, you can get golf grips that are what's called corded, so they'll be they'll be rubber almost all the way around it on the back. They will have stitching through them that provides just a little bit more grip. But oh, Darlene, in the before time, I I played a lot of golf. Seriously, wishing I could take it back up again because I. Well, it'll just be interesting to see if I've still got any. I was I was a big hitter, the Lama, big hitter. Uh, but anyway, no, they don't do that to your hands. And besides, he wears a glove. You know, golfers wear one glove, like Michael Jackson did. Maybe Michael Jackson was a golfer. But yeah, uh, cuts. I mean, you're right. Where where? It, did he did he cut himself? Were those paper cuts? Did he cut himself on the on the cardboard box opening his Big Mac hamburger? I mean, if we're if we're that far down down the rabbit hole, then what does it take to get him juiced enough to get him out in front of the in front of the crowd? You know, humping flags and dancing like he's at a Jeffrey Epstein party. Ever think about that? Because I'm a weird, and I do. Obligatory Star Trek reference. Lee will know the name of the uh, the episode where the uh, Enterprise lands on, or, or you know, come, goes to a Nazi planet on like a distress call or whatever, and the leader has adopted the model of Nazi Germany. But he's kind of out of his mind, and they have to juice him every time that they put him in front of a camera. Hmm. I mean, how many rails of Adderall now? And what's the crash like? What what does it take to get him into the courtroom? 
And why does, you know, beyond being nervous, why does he fidget so? And, and, and why are his hands in constant motion? Just, a, just asking questions. Elena, Havana, 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 Matt in San Francisco says, look, I already get an urge for stuffed grape leaves when I hear her name. Now you add food court. It's too much. Do you know how far I have to go for stuffed grape leaves, Matt? That was the unkindest cut of all. See what I weren't near cuts, huh? Hmm? Oh. Your girl's banging on all eight cylinders this evening. Grape leaves. Oh, tzatziki. Oh. Well, there is a little Mediterranean place run by some Egyptian guys that's really good over in uh, Somersville. Last time Annette and I were there, I said, can we get the grape leaves? She said, let me check. We're discontinuing them from the menu. Oh. Oh, that's okay. I can't even get uh, get Popeye's macaroni and cheese, so there we are. Patterns of Force. Oh, thank you, Ralph, serving as the Horn Ad Hoc uh, Star Trek Episode Research Department. 1968. Thank you. Uh, Emilio said, come on, Robin. It's quite a stretch to think that a prolific sex fiend and rapist who probably hates condoms could ever uh, contract syphilis. I know, it's just, that's just nutty stuff, isn't it? And uh, Steve from Georgia, Stan, what if? Uh, hi, Robin. Hi, Steve. Steve! Steve! Soup. Great conversation between you and Georgia. It got Karen and me thinking about dystopian science fiction novels, whether it be Bradbury's Fahrenheit 451, Orwell's 1984, Animal Farm, Atwell's The Handmaid's Tale, or Harry Harrison's Make Room, that later became the iconic movie Soylent Green. Back when Charlton Heston was still a good actor. The list goes on. But, well, I mean, uh, an okay actor. A a Reagan actor. Reagan-level actor. The list goes on, but they all start out with one overwhelming theme. It's the theme of what if. The chilling part is it never ends well. That's where we are, my friend. Uh, Thanks for another epic opening monologue, or Phil Robster. Stay tuned. Phil Rockster. Ah, there we are, the Phil Rockster. Yes, watch this space, right, Steve? What if? You know, way back in the early aughts, uh, there was a song that came out during the slaughter of Iraq. And... um, it was powerful then. It's still powerful. I'm trying to remember what it was, or the title properly.
Yeah, John Koontz, 2007. The name of the album was It Can Never Happen Here. Might want to look it up. Very good album. Oh, and uh, because it is Prayer Meeting Wednesday, I think it was Dave number 11 who asked last week when I was talking to Tristan uh, whether Tristan had ever heard Alabama Jesus by Burns Lawler. Well, I just happened to have it queued up. So, here at the beginning of the third hour of this Prayer Meeting Wednesday program, and we are down to 11.30, if we could knock out last Friday, that'd be fantastic. We'd only be working on funding this week, and that means 230 bucks, 10 people, 23, 23 people at 10, etc. It would be really helpful. But we didn't have a Prayer Meeting Wednesday hymn, so with that in mind, because we've been playing this here at the Horn for a very long time, Burns Lawler, Alabama Jesus. This is for you, Tristan. Alabama Jesus, don't come from Galilee. Alabama Jesus, he looks like General Lee. He ain't got no hook nose, he damn sure ain't he bruised. You ain't from around here, honey, he won't do dick for you. Alabama Jesus likes his niggers on the run. Alabama Jesus run off those Indians. Yes, them folks cleared the land, all part of Jesus' plan. Get that money in the hand of the Alabama clan. And screw the poor Take that money that you're making And make it, make some more There'll be a church on every corner Till the number is obscene I love those Bama biddies They're so pious And so mean Alabama Jesus, it's about your pedigree. Alabama Jesus, show us that way to me. The proud begat the ignorant, and they've awfully proud to be. They pick for brains, but they love their Lord, and they love their family tree. Alabama Jesus, well, they praise at the ball game. Alabama Jesus was thinking me into shame. He don't tie to evolution, high IQs are humanist. He likes them big and beefy, don't hide and questionless. Well, if your preacher gets too liberal, talking about that humankind, just drag him out the pulpit, toss him out on his behind. Don't back those local charities like the cursed liberals do. Just judge and moralize and serve your time down in the pew. Keep those 
times are coming upwards over 10 percent when you make good money uh, that's a lot of bible sense sharing in the third world you'll never see or know the parasites cross town sleeping on skid row and those people on thorough kitties when they get hungry they can pray to alabama jesus ten thousand miles away Jesus for white supremacy. The black folks ask their Jesus to make them bourgeoisie. But Jesus knows the danger of a real democracy. So he privatized the education, which serves to bring back segregation. Now he ten commandments in a courtroom, and we schooled about creation in 4004 BC. Europe to announce the papacy, although he likes the Pope's ideas concerning pregnancy. Come to Alabama, come to Alabama, say man, say man, say man, it ain't the heat, it ain't the heat, it ain't the heat, it ain't the heat, it's just stupidity. Been playing that song almost as long as there's been a horn. It ain't the heat. It's the stupidity. Ain't that the truth? The funny thing is it was it was just you know, it was just Alabama Jesus back then. It was I don't know if you could make it scan right now, but turn that into uh turn that into maggot Jesus. And it's like the time hasn't even passed. And that's the point I keep trying to make. Our most fundamental our most fundamental mistake is thinking that this is a phenomenon that came along with Donald Trump. Donald Trump saw all of this and he leveraged it. And he gave them an orange calf to worship. And worship, they did. Hey, thank you uh, uh, to Steve and Miss Karen and Little Kenley. Little Kenley ran outside in the cold, 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 cold winter winter evening, and found some bones. And we are down to eleven ten, y'all. Two hundred and ten bucks away from being funded for last Friday. Thank you, thank you so much. It makes such a difference, and it's such a help. Uh, Steve said, you are appreciated. Thank you. Uh, Darlene in Connecticut with a note. Look, 
We now know that fabulous wealth is not enough. They're also emotionally, psychologically, and morally bankrupt that addiction is their only way to deal with life, right? Uh, for instance, the recent news on Leon Scum's drug addiction, Trump's Adderall addiction, drug for eight, uh, attention deficit disorder and narcolepsy, Richard Branson being on the list, and goodness knows what Bezos is into. And it, it's just, uh, it, Darlene, you're right. And the thing is, it it's indicia of an incurious mind. Now, you've got the richest man on earth, Leon Scum. He's building dick rockets. He's building cars. He's trying to build brain implants so that Skynet can run our minds or whatever. Oh, that sounded a little Alex Jonesy, didn't it? But it's still not enough. Yea, verily, it is not enough. You know, it reminds me of people who have so much wealth that they'll 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 gamble they'll gamble a million dollars on a six foot putt. That's happened. Uh, he's he's long since dead now, but I think about that guy who. One, what was at the time the world, the, the 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 country's biggest Powerball jackpot around Christmas time several years ago, and he was already a millionaire. Uh, he he made a fortune by stiffing West Virginia state government on uh, construction contracts. But he wore his big old cowboy hat onto the Two Day Show and talked about how he's going to give so much money to the church. And instead, he got all paranoid and started carrying briefcases of thousands and thousands of dollars. Oh, to the pink pony strip joint down in the Cross Lanes, West Virginia. Got, may have gotten rolled at one point. He was so wrapped up in his money that his granddaughter OD'd and the boyfriend tried to hide the body and they went half mad trying to find her for weeks and she, her body was hidden in a in a wood pile I mean I, I understand I understand some forms of uh, look uh, I used to read up on these people Uh, like Peter O'Toole would come off stage and was so jacked and had so much current running through him from whatever he'd been doing for the last two and a half hours on stage that he couldn't come down. And the only way to do that was to get blackout drunk. Same with Richard Burton. But it's not the same thing when your life is so hollow that you have to rely on illicit doses of Adderall, for God's sakes. And then go out and tell her, I'm a genocide. Isn't, I mean, the irony will eventually catch up with him. 
I'm a germaphobe. What are these sores on my hands? Remember, uh, he probably stooped some little girls, but he also stooped anything that would land on the ground before he did. He was a man whore before he married Ivana. He cheated on Ivana with Marla. He cheated on Marla with uh, melanoma. He cheated on melanoma with Stormy. And God alone knows what he would, you know, what he would, you know, when he just got to the moment, at that point where he, uh, he just couldn't live inside his own sick mind. It all makes kind of sense, doesn't it? As Darlene said, addiction is their only way to deal with life. And that's a hell of a way to try. That's a hell of a cope. Randy Radar said Alabama just simply exported some of those sex clams. Maybe that's why Nitwit Nero has the problem, and he does. Remember, one of his first rallies was down at uh, down in Mobile, Alabama, where the 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 woman with the religious religiously ecstatic look on her face handed up her baby for Nitwit Nero to bite the head off of, or that's at least what it looked like. Uh, with respect, says Lou, I don't think the orange uh, the orange ape saw anything. His ego or whatever pushed him forward, and tens of millions of Americans voted for his dysfunctional brain. I, I think we will have to agree to disagree. What he has done all his life is create himself as a an avatar. Remember, he was back. He was running on what the Constitution Party or something back in. 2011 2012 and 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 if you're if you're a, if you are someone who is deeply involved in uh, running a hustle on the huddled masses you you see untapped potential i mean think about it trump university trump stakes trump vodka uh, the Trump, uh, the Trump shuttle, the Trump helicopter. These were all things that he had been taught by his dirty old Klansman daddy, who learned it from his pimp daddy, from his days out in the in the Klondike, or wherever, running a <clears throat> hotel. Compare favorably, Bordello. Rich people and drugs, Lee in New York says, I will guess that Jeff Bezos does not take Rogaine. <sighs> you know, you guys are like a writing staff. Uh, Randy Radar says, and when the evil people get a hold of AI, we'll all be through. <sighs> oh, I think we'll be... It, 
if the evil people uh, are, uh, are become ascendant, it won't be AI that takes us down. It'll just be them. Richard Branson, Clarence, says, uh, Robin, I've seen in the tabloids Richard and Barack are close friends, just saying, well, maybe... Maybe he's not the worst of maybe maybe he's the least worst of the lot. I don't know quite which way to go with the next story. Okay, let's have a little good news. Could we have a little good news? Uh, Vox with a story, and it's based on something that happened yesterday, and frankly, it was shocking. Uh, yesterday, uh, the court announced that our most puissant dread sovereign supreme catholic majesties announced how they would rule or not or whether whether or not they would take cases certiorari and they deny the petition for writ of certiorari filed by the state of Calabandiana from the uh uh, U.S. Court of Appeals for the Seventh Circuit, which has jurisdiction over Illinois, Indiana, and Wisconsin. The case was called Metropolitan School District versus AC because a shitty little school district in Talabandiana had decided that it had become obsessed with, here we go again, where school children go potty. The school district in Talabandiana had told some trans kids that they would have to use the, the single seat restroom in the nurse's office, which was way the hell away from uh, the students' classrooms and would necessitate them being late whenever they had to use the restroom and uh, when the case got to the seventh circuit the seventh circuit ruled in favor of the students so that they could use the restroom that aligns with their gender identity once again hate going here, but, you know, most anybody who's not a Republican or a maggot, but I repeat myself, goes to the restroom for rather specific purposes. And in particular, in the girls' restroom, I, I, I don't know what Republican men think women's rooms look like. It, I think they're so perverted they think there's sexy time going on in there or something. Or that it's just a row of holes in the ground with a bunch of women squatting over them. They don't know about the stalls. Then again, your average Republican man would be standing trying to stare through the gaps in the in the in the in the, in the stall doors. I never understand why the stall walls and door don't just go to the ceiling and to the floor, or close enough. But there we are. 
But the important part here is that the Seventh Circuit said, let the kids go to the uh, go to the bathroom that aligns with their gender identity. And so, not satisfied with the, with that outcome, the gross, disgusting, perverted school district in Talabandiana, well, take it all the way to the Supreme Court. And they did. And the Supreme Court said, get the fuck out of here. Which means that the ruling of the Seventh Circuit stands. Uh, as Vox points out, the case actually met the criteria that the court usually uses in deciding whether or not to hear a case. Among other things, there's a split in the circuits. And that would usually indicate take the case. But no, they said, mm -mm, no. Uh, Paul Clement, a former U.S. Solicitor General, who ordinarily has profound influence over the court, uh, represented the transphobic school district. They, they told him to pound sand. And it marks, as Vox points out, the second time in a month that our most puissant dread sovereign supreme Catholic majesties have taken a pass on an LGBTQ rights case. It was a little less than a month ago in Tingley versus Ferguson. And we talked about it. Uh, where the court said, uh, where the court told a bunch of uh, transphobic assholes to fuck right off into the sun over their claim that uh, Washington State restricting, as mildly as they did, conversion therapy wasn't worth hearing. And so Washington's decision stands. And a little less than a year ago, in, oh, the hills, the beautiful hills, how I love those West Virginia hills, West Virginia versus BPJ, the Supreme Court said, no, no, uh, we're not going to kick a little girl off of her middle school cross-country team, for God's sakes. And they said, while the litigation continues, we will not reinstate the ban on the anti-trans kids in sports law that the Solons uh, drinking their booze and eating their shrimp even as we speak down in Charleston uh, had wasted taxpayer dollars and legislative time to pass even though they were told dipshits you're gonna lose make West Virginia great big old governor Jim Justice was told dipshit it's, it's a loser but he signed it into law anyway I hope it's a good sign. It, it's not like it'll. It's not like it, it will be enough to um, get the uh, maggot legislatures to stop trying to torment trans kids because they're they're well paid. 
to torment these marginalized and at-risk children. Uh, uh, yes, uh, Randy Radar says the Constitution Party is a very dangerous ultra-right party. I'd heard that possibly the Green Party once expressed interest in Trump. Uh, no, I think I think Reverbo mentioned it the other night when he called. It was uh, it was the outfit that had formerly been headed by the candidacy of Ross Perot, and I can't remember what the name of that party was. Y'all will figure it out pretty quickly. Yes, I did, Emilio. Hey, did you just you guys us guys? How dare you, madam? I say good day. Good day. Snowflake. Uh, why bathroom stalls are not floor to ceiling? Lee in New York says ventilation. It limits offense to the olfactory sense. Oh, well, downright poetic. I know this is mostly rhetorical, says Steve in New York. However, I have to ask, regarding the obsession with where someone pees, etc., what exactly is the issue? If it's hate, what exactly do they hate? They hate the fact that people can have a gender identity that differs from their sex assumed at birth. That's really the bottom line. There's only two genders! When, in fact, uh, any, any number of uh, actual experts who, um, you know, have something beyond fourth grade biology can tell you, uh, no, that's not true. There's not only two genders. Intersex people exist. But as is the case with a woman's right to choose, these people are religious maniac fundamentalists, evangelicals, wild-eyed Roman Catholics and the like. And they want a medieval interpretation of Scripture to be applied to a modern, uh, massive government. I mean, even small state governments are still pretty massive. It takes a lot to run a state. It takes even more to run a nation. And it's it's all tied up with the MAGA and this fantasy that there was a time when America was great. And anytime you hear that, you just uh, do a global search and replace, and you search great, and you replace it with white. It's racism. It's patriarchy. It's toxic masculinity. But it's also perversion. These people, these maggots, are sitting around fantasizing about what what goes on in the restroom. I think a lot of these maggots are probably porn sick. 
they've seen too many porn videos, you know, complete with the soundtrack. Bow, chicka, wow, wow. Where, I don't know, some trans girl will get it on with the bathroom attendant, or a trans girl will top a janitor, or the plumber, or the pizza delivery guy, or the HVAC guy, or the cable guy. It's gross. It's just so gross. Because most trans porn is made for white men who consider themselves heterosexual but have some really deep-seated questions. You know what I mean by questions. And so it's all tied up in multiple layers of deviance and not in a good way. You know, kink is kink. If everybody's consenting, use the feather or the whole chicken. Yeah, whatever. Um, that's the old joke about the difference between uh, kink and perversion. Kink is using a feather. Perversion is using a whole chicken. But it's borne out in the fact that every time we turn around, some good God-fearing, upstanding, Bible-believing, Christ-centered, evangelical, fundamentalist, amosexual, Christian Republican is getting caught with a man in his mouth, or trying to get one in his mouth, or paying a kid off in drugs. Hi, Ralph Shorty. Are you out of prison yet? Uh, paying a kid off in drugs in exchange for letting him perform on the teenager. I'm trying not to be absolutely repulsive in this. But, you know, that's the backdrop to all of this, these allegations of obscenity. It takes an obscene mind to make obscene assumptions. And every one of these bills is founded in the obscenity of the drafters. We need look no further than Bridget and Christian Ziegler, the Republican power couple of Florida. Christian Ziegler, who ran the Florida GOP, and his one man, one woe man, good God fearing, upstanding, etc., etc., Christian wife, Bridget, who had a hand in the drafting and the creation of Florida does don't say gay law. What was she doing at the time that she was fulminating about the queers and getting the bluest eye removed from shelves of libraries in Florida or queer or any of another number of other books up to and including the dictionary? Why, from all appearances, she had her face in another woman's crotch. For all I know, there may have been a, there, there, there may, the, the, the human centipede may have been involved. 
and it is it's the hypocrisy of I want to do my I want to get, I want to let my free flag fly but y'all can't even think about it that creates the perversion that creates the obscenity So that's a really long answer that probably doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense, but I tried my best, Steve. Emilio, who told you that? Ladies' restrooms also have stalls? I thought you ladies just had one giant communal litter box. Meow. No, a little, little, little privacy goes a long way. The Reform Party. Thank you, Ralphs, and thank you, Lee in New York. The Reform Party. That was uh, that was uh, Ross Perot's uh, joint. Uh, Randy Radar pointing out most Native Americans revere two-spirit people who are intersex. Uh, you don't even have to be intersex to be two-spirit. And of course, uh, the Maori people. Of New Zealand. Consider it a blessing when a, cha- a trans child comes into their world. We could learn a thing or two. So that's that. And like I said, take all the good news we can get back into the swamp. Marge has run over to Shitter and taken a shit to say that she has decided to call for Congress to ban scientific labs that, quote, create vaccines as the cure for the man-made lethal viruses. This is because she's still uh, spork-footing around with the lab leak theory. Our every every committee has a legislative purpose. Our COVID select committee should pass legislation to ban funding to labs that create viruses to kill people and create vaccines as the cure for the man-made lethal viruses. That's not science. Those are bioweapons. This should be illegal. Um, Now, Paul Offit of the Vaccine Education Center at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia where they're worried about measles. Speaking to Newsweek, said, the notion that there was a lab that made this vaccine or even a couple of labs that made this vaccine, it's not right. It's built on a mountain of work. And I'll add that's been going on for decades. So what it means is that Marge wants to... Uh, Strip funding from the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Strip funding that might have gone to Pfizer or Moderna or Johnson & Johnson or Novartis.
because they just can't let it go. I, I guess because it uh, makes the weirdos happy and keeps them voting now that they don't have abortion to vote over anymore. Now, there is a little bit of information now out about the origins of COVID. I've been thinking about it because, like I said the other day, um, this is we were into the second night of our run of the Lion in Winter uh, four years ago. And we were hearing the early rumblings of what would become COVID. And, of course, because we live way out in front of the curve, we went through the timeline and figured out that the White House had been informed, you know, it went narrow, about COVID somewhere around Thanksgiving of 2019. But now we're in full conniption mode uh, because a House committee got documents from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and discovered that at least two weeks before the Chinese government told the world about COVID, Chinese researchers had isolated and mapped the virus. It was January 11th, 2020, before China shared the virus, virus's sequence with the World Health Organization. It does nothing to support the lab leak uh, theory. But it does detail the pernicious effect of having a paranoid authoritarian government at the, at the uh, center. Oh, why'd you go away? At the center of the... Uh, Conspiracy theory? Jesse Bloom, a virologist at the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Center in Seattle, which uh, our dear friend Jude has mentioned from time to time, saw the documents in question and said it underscores how cautious we have to be about the accuracy of the information that the Chinese government has released. It's important to keep in mind how little we know. A Chinese embassy spokesperson said, China has kept refining our COVID response based on science to make it more targeted. China's COVID response policies are science-based, effective, and consistent with China's national realities. They can stand the test of history. I guess welding people into their homes can stand the test of history, too. Ah. And this, God, this, uh, Wave has just seen the pictures of Nitwit Nero's hands, to quote uh, the sage of South Florida, holy shit, what the fuck is that? Well, earlier in the program, Wave, 
uh, I ran audio from James Carville saying he had talked to various physicians and they had all said, oh, that's secondary syphilis. I don't know. Maybe he burned his hands cooking his Adderall. He may not. Well, it's like Todd said. He ain't going to make it. Let's go to the phones. But by the way, we're at, we are at 11.10. And tomorrow we will be at 14.10. If we could just knock down last Friday, 210 bucks. It, we'd only be dealing with this week's funding. And it's worrisome. I can't help worrying. Uh, no, no. Uh, Randy Radar said, I thought there was some Chinese lab worker who was patient zero. I don't think that's the case. Uh, let's go over to the phones, see what we got. Hey, welcome to the program. Who is this? Who's that? This is not the game of well, who the fuck are you. Well, the profanity is quite perfunctory, isn't it? Per, per, perfunctory profanity is, uh, well, I mean, that's why it's perfunctory. Well, that's good to hear. That means you're in the club. <laughs> Hi, Todd. <laughs> Look, I got my hunk of cheese, and I'm looking. I'm looking. I look here. Don't laugh. No, laugh. <laughs> that's that. That's that monkey up. Uh, cackle. No, not. <laughs> Don't fucking do that shit. That, listen, listen let, let me give you a little bit of advice. I'm just saying, like, seriously, don't fucking do that shit any fucking more. That maniacal, that shit is, listen, what, what, that, that's a hundred thousand flew over the cuckoo's nest type lab. Not one. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's all of them over the cuckoo's nest. But I, you know what? I just kind of invented that monkey up impression, and it's been getting rave reviews. I have to warn you. I was, it was suggested to me that I back off the mic every time I ha ha do that because it's been peg it's been pegging speakers, pegging meters, and making speakers crackle. That was that was it. That was a test cackle. We'll see if that one uh, was any better. Oh oh, how I remember the days of looking at meters. I'm, I'm not kidding. Like, you know, when we had two SLD1 Technique turntables, and we were scratching and stuff. And I just look at the meters because you don't. Once you get into the red, you know it's going to be distorted, and you won't be able to hear what you're saying. But I digress. Uh, yeah, that's funny. That's not really funny. But seriously, I hate to say I digress. Everybody says that. That's so stupid. Yeah, yeah, that, that laughs, man. But, but, you know, he, he does that. And, I, you know, uh, he, he would have been better off just not being bothered. That's the thing. 
it's so sad. I'm, I'm talking about, you know, uh, the Krantz. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I have to, I have to issue name. a correction. Uh, Lou serving as the Horn Ad Hoc Patient Zero uh, COVID res- research team. Primary COVID researcher in Wuhan was Patient Zero. Who? The primary COVID researcher in Wuhan was Patient Zero. The thing is... Oh, Patient Zero. I mean, you, okay. you, you know this phrase. Association is not causation. Right. Uh, he may uh, th- That researcher may have been the one who got the... came in contact with the pangolin that had been in contact with the bat that let the virus spread from the bat where it was relatively innocuous to the pangolin where it wasn't to him who had had maybe a lovely snack of pangolin. The, the day giveaway is the nomenclature for patient zero. I mean, that's a dead giveaway. Like, okay, this is the first person that we know that have been, has been exposed and where have they been? And, you know, I, you know, just, just even to think about it, ugh, I don't blame them for, for I, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would do if I were in charge of China, that many people, and to have a virus that you that we now know. I mean, we don't even know. We don't even know. I, I don't even know. Why did you bring that shit up? This fucked up. We're, we're in a whole... You know how many people are sick around here already? They don't. They claim it's not COVID. These people... You know, the same people that are voting for Trump. There's no COVID. It's like, but... but you know, oh, you, look, probably, you look pretty well, sick. Yeah, but, but, but with those mouth-walking knuckle-dragon freaks, there never was. And it was all curable by, 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 with hydroxychloroquine. Now, and I think Jehoshaphat probably sees the same thing because I've been listening to him for some reason. And, and, and you know, the people he grew up with, he, that's why he has to say what he has to say. It's like, they, you seem totally normal until this. It's like, well, maybe this is more than the flu. Have you not... There are certain monikers, numbers, milestones that we can look at. Okay. And uh, you don't have a lot of time. And, uh, yeah, because they're going to be rolling coal in about 16 minutes. Shut up. Uh, the winds, the wind, <laughs> the winds have been in our favor so far. Or maybe they have a new heating system. I, I don't know. I'm just grateful. Let's hope so. Oh, God. Let's hope so. Uh, you know, we know we can look at the wastewater. I mean, just the, just the anecdotal evidence. Now, we finally understand that, that, that long cross is real. That is is real. You know... We're we're in a bad place right now, and it's cold. And I don't know if I'm glad or I don't know. It's cold as shit. It's so this this vortex. 
maybe maybe we'll kill off some of this stuff. But I remember when we first started talking about COVID. We first started talking about it. You know, and you said, well, be this is what you said. You said, well, it'll be like the flu. I we'll have to get, you know, boosters. It'll be finally it'll come up with something. And you were right. You know. Uh, but the other thing we talked about is that what they didn't want to say, you know, they said it was a virus. You know, that's one sentence. It's quick, easy, you know, move on to E.J. Carroll. But when you're talking about human beings and a virus, novel means this. There is no, it's like it's free to mutate in every cell and every structure in your body. And I remember we had this discussion. I, I mean, like yesterday. Oh, there was there, I, was, there I, was so I, many, there were so many discussions, especially after I got home uh, from uh, doing the play, and the thing began to take hold. I mean, I, I do. I, I was talking about it yesterday, and I think back to my dear friend looking at me and said, and saying, "I don't think we'll dance again for a long time." And she was right. She, COVID, COVID is, is like Trump. It's a snake. It's insidious. You don't know. It, it can attack. What virus do you know that can pass through the blood-brain barrier? It can affect, it can affect your cognitive abilities as well as your physical abilities. Your pulmonary system and your lungs—it's crazy. It's absolutely insane, and it might not might not do anything at all. You never know. You know, this is why I'm not discounting that it was some type of maybe experimental bioweapon. I don't know. I mean, I really—I mean, because it's it's too it's just too raw to have. Well, but 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 there but there's a deeper of, but and and you know we're we're back to some of the things we were talking about those years ago. There's, what does it matter? And I, I, I asked this back then. What does it matter if it started in a wet market or on a street corner in Wuhan or inside the lab? What does it matter? Millions of people, millions of people, millions of people are dead, and we had to find a way to beat it. And we did. And then you got, well, dickheads like testosterone-pumping rotted FK out there who's primarily focused on the black community to get them not to take the vaccine because he, Rotted FK, is a racist. And referencing, and I remember talking to Tracy about this, Todd, referencing the, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the Tuskegee experiment. Right. And he was trying to create the impression... Right that the Tuskegee experiment was unethical because it was an experiment. That wasn't what was unethical about the Tuskegee experiment. The Tuskegee experiment was unethical because they were treating some people, some men were being treated for syphilis, and some people were getting a placebo and letting the syphilis continue to... Uh, to uh, 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 mature in their systems. That was the unethical part of it. He, 
Yeah, he was flat out wrong. And lo, <laughs> and lo, here and, and and lo and behold, here we are talking about the Tuskegee experiment when Nitwit Nero's running around out there with possible syphilis lesions on his fingers. Yeah, I didn't hear about that. I missed that part. Oh yeah, he's got lesions on his fingers and. Uh, people are speculating that it might be secondary syphilis. Kind of makes you wonder if, uh, when the news gets around, if Stormy Daniels is going to go out and get checked. Because you know that dev- you know that deviant old pervert doesn't use condoms. Oh, that's how. I mean, no, he doesn't, because that's how we got to Fania. As was pointed out last week, when uh, uh, when Trader Tot began burbling, it was an open secret that Nitwit Nero was cheating with Marla Maples on Ivana, and the divorce happened when Marla came up preggers with little Tefania, whom Nitwit Nero would then speculate while she was a babe in arms saying, I hope she's got a great rack like her mother. Yeah, you had to bring that up. Uh. He's a pervert. And he is a sick man. You know... Who yeah. knows? Well, who, you're Todd, right. Todd, honest to God, who knows what he's been tre- he's being treated for? Well, we know his little deadhead, fucking junkie. You know, come on. I, I mean, this, this whole thing is is this, we have been played, and I know what I said about Boris Epstein, and I can change my mind. I I can change as the data changes. And that's what good researchers do. You don't stay entrenched in a theory when there's new data. Now, he's still, I'm going to tell you, he's still a linchpin in this whole nefarious debacle. Not, it's not a debacle. It's this whole nefarious takeover of, you know, state and predictable society. So he could be, you know, the, his hand were from Russia. Because, yes, that, that's what I said. It, 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 something's not right with him. He don't smell right. But back to the uh, the diseases, you know, it, it's too late now. Like, I'm in business where I live. This is Trump can is he's already president here. And I'm going to tell you, these folks ain't, mm, they just about 10 months away from being like, you know what, fuck, fuck the USA. If this guy does not, I don't even know, this doesn't even register with, I don't understand, I really, we're, we're I don't understand how we can exist in, in roughly the same geographical zones and consume roughly the same amount of material 
and, and come up with with all these different uh, outcomes. I, I don't understand it. Because once again, let me say this out loud. And it, God damn it, everybody on this process for me to listen. The the leader, the leader of the GOP, whatever that means anymore, the leader of the Republican Party and the front runner in this next presidential election, who is also the former president of the United States of America, is out on bail in multiple jurisdictions as if he were a common criminal, some of which are felonies with serious charges. Once again, Jerome has been on a countrywide crime spree and is out on bail, Jerome is, in multiple jurisdictions from large to small and has political aspirations. Now, and Jerome was actually in a civil trial today, Jerome was. Jerome. And Jerome, apparently, as predicted, could not keep his damn mouth shut and keep his person intact. His affect was aggressive, combative, warranted in court. You left out obnoxious. Now, what do we do with Jerome? Well, I mean, Jerome wouldn't be able to attend his trial anymore. All right, then. Let's stop playing this game. What do you do with the mentally ill fascists? Again, and and it, it may just be it may just be an excuse because you know they did things to my brain while I was having that cup of coffee in law school. But there is not a judge alive on earth who likes being reversed. And Lewis Kaplan is no dum dum. And he made that abundantly clear today. Well, I'm with Katie Fong on this. I'm really, I'm really getting tired of this notion that the American people are too dainty and delicate and fragile to be able to watch the proceedings in a U.S. courtroom under the Constitution of the United States that says the door, that has an amendment that says the doors of the court shall be open to all. Well, they're not open to me. They're not open to you. They're not open to anybody who actually wants to sit and watch and judge the demeanor of the defendant for themselves. But but that's a digression. Kaplan doesn't want to be reversed. He already knows that there's there, there's a five million dollar jury verdict. There 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 may be about to be a. <clears throat> 10 or 15 or 20 or 25 or 50 million dollar jury verdict. 
because plaintiff's counsel came right out of the box saying he slimed he slimed my client 22 times today. You, it is up to you, members of the jury, to make him stop. Whatever that number is that you feel confident will make him stop, we know that $5 million wasn't it. And so there's five million. There's a $5 million judgment that's already out there that, uh, that Lewis Kaplan does not want to see overturned. And he doesn't want this overturned either. He wants this to go to the United States Circuit Court of Appeals and be unanimously upheld. So that when the Supreme when it goes to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court can do what they did with the Talibandiana potty case today and say, We're not taking it. We dealt with civil suits against former presidents. Hell, we dealt with civil suits against presidents in office back in the nineties. Sit the fuck down. Donnie. Or, you know. Big Lebowski time. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. Mm-hmm. And so that's that you know that's that is why and again I referenced it at the beginning of the program remember the trial of Chicago 7? Yes. You remember a defendant having to sit there gagged? Crosby Nash and Young. A black man gagged in front of a white jury by a United States District Amen. Court judge. When we have Jamal? Uh, well, I, I, not, I mean, I think it was, wasn't that, wasn't Fred Hampton? Fred Hampton was getting murdered back then. Can't remember who it was. Judge Sabo, this was in the 80s. Well, yeah, Mumia. So, but, but the thing yeah, is, yeah. Uh, Jerome would have the Hannibal Lecter mask on. With a ball gag back. Well, right. You know, you know, and I think I think I, I, I had to replay some things today, in between other things. Uh, I really believe a lot of women are really they're they've had about enough of this shit. Because if I can see it, they can. See if I can see how this man who has, you know, demic I mean, let's be honest. Nobody was there. We don't really know if he, if he touched that woman inappropriately or not. We don't know. That being said. That's why we trust juries, we Todd. Pa- we trust right. juries. In, in, case, in cases of disputed facts, we trust juries to determine which facts are, in fact, facts. Bobby Seal. Thank you, Ralph. And I'm going back in history. Look at the way he talks about women. I can grab him by the... You know, he's not making it easy. Like, we all... Like, if you just look... That's all you have to do is look at... Look, look at the pattern. But I'm just trying to be fair because anybody can say anything. It doesn't mean it's true. However, in his case, yeah, it's true. Because everybody says this. This is like a common thing. 
just he's just a disgusting. He is like the how in the hell did we end up with this blob? This, but this is who we are. This is and see, this is America's fault, and I'm gonna tell you why right now. Both parties sold out the middle class and sent jobs overseas and gave tax breaks and, you know, financial incentives. You, you could, if you had a small business, let's say you've got a small business in Charleston, West Virginia, right? And, and you make, you make stainless steel widgets. You know, hinges on a, on a special door for food, like food, food, stainless steel, got to be food, stainless steel food. And stainless steel is expensive, and so is your labor. You got your machinist, he makes a lot of money, or she, and you got the other folks, blah, blah. And, and then you're, you're repping your congressman, you're like, you know, we had this legislation, we will pay you. Here, we'll, we'll refer you to the accountant. And here, here's how you can do this. You will get a tax write-off. We'll pay you to move everything over to China or Vietnam. And we'll find a place for you to land. And, you know, and you'll still make money. And you'll be making way more money than you and all those little yellow lines on the floor around that machinery, they got paid to pull all that shit up and put it on a ship and go wherever they had to go. And that's just, that's American history. That's not me just pontificating saying what I think happened. No. no. That's what happened. So now, because remember, Walmart, everything in Walmart used to be there was a big thing. American made. Oh yeah, that? no, no, no. I remember that the American flag and the big smiley face, and then they appro- <laughs> and then Walmart decided to appropriate <laughs> Kurt Vonnegut's drawing of his own asshole as their logo. You knew where you knew where I was going, didn't you? I mean, has, I didn't think you were going to has, has anybody, I wonder, I just do sometimes, has anybody told the Walton heirs that their logo is exactly like Kurt Vonnegut's self-portrait of his own asshole? This is there. Fuck you. Oh. Uh, every, t- every, every time I see that thing... I hear Kurt Vonnegut's voice saying, Welcome to Walmart and my asshole. That's what, that's what done killed him. Oh, so I was in D.C. the other day. You're in D.C.? And, uh, uh, who, who do I see? Traveling up. Yeah, I, was in D- I like to go to the, to, to the zoo. Oh, I love the DC uh, Zoo. You know, it's not a one day. Yeah, it takes two days. It's a lot. It's a lot. You know what? You know what? You know what? You know. You know what? One of my favorite animals in the DC Zoo is what? That three hundred year old tortoise. Oh shit! 
Yeah. If, yeah. Yeah. Because I just look, I, I just look at her well, and say, "Huh? How about that? Look at you, older, like than, older, dog. older, it's older than this country. All the prairie dogs are fun, and, and so and so are the naked mole rats. Just because they're naked mole rats, just because there's an animal on this planet, anymore. just because no. there's a, just because there's an animal on this planet called a naked mole rat." I'm, I, I was about to say I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the maggots to craft legislation. <laughs> Put some clothes on those mole rats. Where do they go potty? All right. Where are they being? Don't let them know. So, so here I am. I'm over at John Harvard Brewery and uh. Yeah, it's near the Smithsonian. And, uh, man, it's time for me to go over to the Capitol. And here I see, I see James Comer, and I can tell because he's got that shock of hair. He sticks out. He's oh, Comer, uh, you saw, wait, you saw, you, brushes with stupidity. You saw Comer pile? I saw Comer, hey, wait, not only that, I saw Papa, guess who was lobbying? Guess who was lobbying him? Bring it, Mr. Haney. He was trying to sell him some fucking dead duck. <laughs> oh, what was the name? What What was the name of the cow? Ethel or the cow? I'm sorry, I mean. I drug you through the for that. But, look, Mr. Haney needs to go in there and cut a deal. Oh, wait a minute. I got a cowbell. Uh, hold on. That cowbell is for Lee in New York, 300-year-old tortoise. Lee said, wait, what? Mitch McConnell lives in the D.C. Zoo? Uh... <laughs> Apparently, Comer needs Mr. Haney up there to help him. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't know what's wrong with you. But, but um, you know, I'm not trying to gloat or anything, but just, just as I predicted, he ain't going to make Yeah, he didn't get there today, so that he means... That, he didn't get there today, so that means the next time he pops in, he's got he's to gotta up his ante. And you'll notice he's he's pulling you know, all, look, he, hold on you'll you'll notice he's pulling all these shenanigans in a civil trial. What's he gonna be like when it's when he has to sit there and hear his sins enumerated in a criminal trial? That is the sixty four billion trillion dollar question because He ain't gonna make it. And there's no such he ain't gonna make it. It's not sure, no. But but yes, he is not gonna make it because uh 
like you said, you know, civil trial, he, he's thinking, oh, I'm never going to pay them anyway. He doesn't give a fuck. See, this, this, this person is so depraved now. And, you know, maybe, the, you know, and going back to what you said about his uh, syphilitic mm, presentations, you know, he's had COVID, and COVID definitely can bring out whatever you had in you. It can, it can make it worse. It can prey on that. It, it's a new disease. And we should not forget that. It is a new, this is a new disease. We've never seen something that can affect every system in your body. Your digestive tract. Well, right, and, and, be- and because people are dumbasses, they're like, what about myocarditis? Because they're convinced that you know, the vaccine gives you myocarditis. Uh, well, dipshit, um, more people get myocarditis from long COVID than get it from the vaccine. So, I mean, that... And like the number of people out there that are hating yeah. Travis Kelsey of the Kansas City Chiefs because he did an ad for Pfizer for the jab. And now they're mad at... That was a good commercial. Now they're mad at Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart, she's a communist. I wonder if just for shits and giggles they offered money to Rotted FK. I mean, you got to admit the comedy value would have been high on that. Oh, by the way, uh, Irish Dave reminds us there will also have to be rep- Republican le- uh, legislation against the tufted titmouse. <laughs> Dirty birds! We're, we're back to, uh, what, what, what's her face? Uh, oh, God. Carrie. What's the, what's the lady's name? Carrie with the axe. Carry, um, the, 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 you know, prohibitionist. Oh, oh, carry, oh, uh, carry, uh, carry nation, carry nation, carry nation. That oh, tufted you know mouse is disgusting that's... and perverted. Where does it go potty? Wait, where is that truck? Oh, he's no from America. They're performing surgeries, removing the tits from the tufted tit mouses. We must pass legislation. Jerome's a paradigm that got you, but you hopping around. Oh, God. Oh, uh, okay, so Randy, Randy Radar just said, you know, in Florida, he gets to keep Mar-a-Lago, Florida bankruptcy laws. Uh, bankruptcy laws have nothing to do with it. If he is convicted of the RICO charges, it is possible for the state of Georgia to go after his holdings. And That's I what I'm talking about. And they I don't. And I don't. And, and uh, Steve in New York could correct me, but I don't think you can bankrupt out from under a disgorgement under New York state law. 
You know, the fraud trial, the fraud trial is not a civil action within the typical meaning of the word. That is a clawback of monies that Nitwit Nero should have paid years ago. In other words, the state of New York is bringing this case to get their own money back from him. Right. Right. Just just like you owe these back taxes. Or this is what's owed because you, know, you misrepresent it. It's quite simple. So, and, and, and to be honest, now, the real estate game is always dice. But in the city, in New York City, remember, real estate. Everything in New York City. You don't, there ain't no more. You, the only way you can get more real estate is if you, you, you like China and you start dumping concrete in the, in the ocean. There ain't no more New York there. City. Yeah, they're, they're fresh out of island. They're fresh. I mean, look, I only ordered that last week and it ain't come in yet. All right, come back. It's on, ba- it's yeah. on back order. It's on back order. By the way, thank you, Lee in New York. Uh, the Green Acres cow was Eleanor. And seeing as how Jehoshaphat was talking, mm. seeing as how Jehoshaphat was talking about uh, 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 Arnold Ziffel the pig, we had to get Eleanor into it. Oh yeah, I, I just I, I would I, I, you know Green Acres man, that, that's just, I'm glad Jehoshaphat bringing that up because it's pertinent. You know, it, and it, you know, what, like, and you know what? Now that I think about it. There were two. There, there, there were two recurring characters on Green Acres. Remember the 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 the, the, the handyman, Ralph and Sam. Oh hell yeah, yeah, with the funny hat. Oh, we may need legislation for that too. Okay. Because, you know, you know, when we started talking, you know, you were different. Well, you weren't yourself. Now you're yourself, I guess. Yeah, that's fair. And, you know, some people don't understand that. You know, I'm all about people be, you know, be who you are. And, you know, that, that's a big deal. That's, you, you're pretty brave. And, and that being said, in, in, in this environment, I can only imagine what it's like where you are. I, mean, I don't want to have to be. I think you are better than I don't want to have to be brave. We don't want to have to be in a lot of things. You know, I don't have to worry about... Let me tell you something. I, I wish I could just go out my holy Levi's, hippie Levi's, right? But if I walk out like that, I look, I'm, the, I'm the black bum, right? The white 
boy goes out, oh, he just, you know, he's just doing his thing. You see? Even though I got a closet full of clothes, suits, I, I can wear anything I want. In fact, I do. I change up. I, I, I have all types of costumes. That's what I call them. Clothes are costumes. You know, I can dress up, dress down. You know. Yeah. But some people are required to live a certain way, and some aren't. And and uh, I'm I'm, I'm kind of rambling, but I'm glad I'm bringing this back because I, I know I don't know shit. But what I, what I'm trying to say is that one of the reasons we're in this position as a country that we are is because the majority. When I say majority, I mean still in majority, and majority in terms of the electoral college because. Rural America has more of a void for different reasons, lots of reasons. When, when, when combined with the result of redlining, see, when you put those two things together, like urban areas and, and redlining, and then the electoral of the college advantage, you know, it's, it's a setup. Uh, so, that being said, Why is it this is that people are okay with a person who is out on bail in four jurisdictions or more? And, and it could, it's growing because this this was an absolute conspiracy with these uh, state solicitors and state attorney generals, the people who had the power to do this. And, and a lot of us learned about how powerful a state solicitor or attorney general is uh, during the Michael Brown case. Because then, you know, after that, we learned that there were some jurors that definitely should have been on there. They were planned. Like, we're out and out planned. They've been admitted. But it's a done deal now. It doesn't matter. Guy's dead. And if you don't believe me, do it, do, you know, look it up. I get it. By the way, uh, Lou in PA says, Ted Cruz reminds me of Mr. Haney. <laughs> yes, he's slimy. Yup. Oh, he's slimy as Oprah. Master Douglas. Yeah. Now, why is it when I do, why is it when I do my Raffaellito impression, it, it winds up sounding like Squidward? Maybe because, has anybody Maybe. ever seen Ted Cruz and Squidward in the same room? Or at least in the same seashell and bikini bottom? I don't think so. I'm sorry, Todd. You, 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 do, you, you, you I can't, I can't, I can't help it. You know, we, we, we do have our fun, and you, you, you bring out the silly in me. No, it was not Ralph and Sam. That was, that was Warner Brothers cartoons. That was the, that, that was the coyote and the sheepdog. No, uh, Ralph and Alf were on Green Acres. Yeah, now, now Arnold. Arnold was a pig. Arnold was a pig. Elnor was the cow. Ralph and Alf were the handy, uh, the, the 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 fix it fix it folks. I kind of want to binge watch some 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 Green Acres now. I don't know. 
But I got to roll well, out of here. I got to roll out of here because we have uh, we've gone over time. I need to say thank you to Jude. Jude Jude got us down to eleven uh, ten eighty five. 1085, so it's not quite as terrifying tomorrow. We got $185 to get done with funding for last Friday. We're making progress. Just got to be able to pay the bill, pay the bills. Um, but uh, thank you, Jude. Jude said uh, a little bit ago, Approaching the space to call in when you both are on, dear Robin. I remember one sweet, exploring, fun-loving interchange with you, Todd, and yours truly shared. The hand that aligned us was the spiritual realm that we dipped into, but it was our collective laughter that was so fucking freeing. Yes, it was. Laughter is cleansing. And it tells you something when, you know, the maggots and the like, the only time they laugh is when they are laughing at someone else's expense. There's no real humor in them. You know, uh, oh. Dave, Dave Chappelle has a new special out, and he's still doing what you know. Uh, he's still he's still kicking down uh, at, at at trans people, and it's not even funny anymore. It was never funny in the first place, but it's getting less funny. Just mentioning that in passing. Maybe he hooked up with somebody who was trans and he didn't know it. Oh no! I, I my get my guess is he. Again, what was I saying earlier about trans porn? Trans porn is made for men. Men like Dave. I would know. Men like Dave. Yeah, I never understood it. That's too confusing for me. I mean, that's just not. But, you know, each his own. Uh, you know, I don't want anybody telling me what I like don't like. So, but uh, uh, I'm just, I, I just, I don't understand how America, how is this this close? Uh, anyway, keep your eyes on Frank Lutz because he's still a snake. Yeah, I respect his work, but he is a snake because he was he was in Israel not long, ago. and he made. Yeah, we don't have we don't we, we don't we don't have the rest of the night to go into that. But yeah, there's interesting news out of Israel. The war cabinet seems I, to be I know, I know. the war cabinet seems to be falling apart. Maybe somebody's finally figuring out just how toxic uh, 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 Beelzebub Smotrich and what's his fuck Ben Gavir are. It's never. Yeah, that's the thing. You'd think they'd understand that old German proverb. Can you hear when, me? Yeah, yeah, but when there are nine, when there are nine people sitting down at a table, and a tenth person, a Nazi, sits down with them, and the other nine don't say anything, there are ten Nazis sitting at a table. Same, the, the same thing applies. It's just attempt- use the word fascist. That's what I'm talking about. And I know you're going to go. We have you have to go, but you see that's the point of it. It's not like we're beating up on a certain group of people. It's, all this is fascist because when you have people afraid to work the polls, people judges afraid of the decision. You have uh, people making like like I think I don't know. I sent you something about Martin. You know, and I, I let me say this: I was wrong 
Mark Regis is not from South Africa. He's from Australia. Now, he's still a warmonger. But you know, we have to, we we have to be more informed, and it's not about hating people; it's about hating people's actions. Right. It's the actions. Because anybody, anyone can perpetrate the actions. We have to, I don't know how we do it, but we have to make fascism intolerable, intolerable again. The problem you, you want, the problem you run up against in that regard is when one of the two major political parties in the country has gone full-on goose-stepping fascist. Well, see, Robin, if Dr. Bill was still able to do your program, because I'll never forget when he did something on Halper a book by Halper on how to maintain order on plantation. And he was very astute in, in explaining how the plantation society worked. And the South has always been fascist. They just didn't know it. It's been authoritarian slash fascist. They just didn't have those. The nomenclature wasn't there. Same thing. And so just, that's just, I know you got to go, but it's something to think about. It certainly and is. So we're fighting against that. Enjoy your acorn and all of this stuff. As as soon as it gets just a little bit better, I, I said I had such hopes for last weekend, but then Mother Nature decided to screw me <laughs> over. So I'm having fun with the sous vide now. That's a blast. That sounds delicious. Uh, by the way, uh, Steve in New York says, uh, Dave Chappelle, I think it's like this. I freely said that a part of me doesn't understand the issues of trans folks. I've chosen to seek knowledge, understanding, all in the spirit of love. Chappelle seems to have taken the opposite tack and chosen to insult and punch down. And comedy that punches down is seldom funny. Uh, you know, Steve, as I've said a million times before, you don't have to understand. Understanding is base metal. Acceptance is the coin of the realm. And, you know, I, I, there's something about Dave Chappelle that's just broken. I, I don't I don't know if he's, you know, if he's got some sort of desire, you know, I don't know if he has the chaser desire of being topped by a trans woman who's still intact and fully functional. Most trans girls don't even want to do that. But there are some who will, because well, never mind. Not gonna, not gonna go there. But I know, but it's just strange because it just—it's so incongruent. It wouldn't be. The, it what, wouldn't what, be. What it wouldn't be the first time. You know, I think I think back to uh, uh, Pink Shrek, Joe Rogaine, you know, and the and the Jack Off crew just asking questions, and how he said mm. he was so saddened because. For Joe Rogaine, well, Richard Pryor was one of his favorite comedians. And when he found out that Richard had had some gay experiences, or perhaps bi experiences more, more aptly, well, it just, it just devastated Joe Rogaine because he needed, 
he he needed Richard Pryor to be a manly, manly straight man. Emphasis on the straight part. It's shit. Just, Richard Pryor was probably a freak. He grew up in a whorehouse. In Peoria. Right outside is right. Yeah, don't 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 turn don't turn your back on nobody from Peoria. <laughs> Them people are freaks out there in the heartland. Out there in the heartland. It's oh, the heartland. Farmer's daughter. <clears throat> Who we? Well, look, uh, uh, look here. You know what? I, I don't know. Uh, wow. I, these judges got to do something, man. This is, this is. <laughs> put him in jail. I'm sorry. He has to be detained until all this shit. No more internet. No nothing. Just quiet. Just let us, let us heal. Why you get convicted, let us heal. And you know what I'm talking about when I say you. I'm working on my pronoun, too. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, yes, you're, you're Jerome. No. Jerome, you're talking about Jerome. I'm talking about Jerome. You know? And, and you, I think you were exactly right earlier. Right. When Jerome has to admit this, this is what's keeping him. You're, I, I think you were exactly when he has to say, come clean, that's why he can't. Because what, he, he's all, he, it's like the house of cards. It's all built on lies and fraud and, and, and conjecture and facade. And, and boy, that, the, the, the candle has burned that wax is on those cards and they're, boy, they're flaming up. They're flaming up. And I frankly don't think physically, mm, well, like I said, what, uh, two months ago or a month ago, you know, he's not going to, he's on, he's not, just like the judge said, he's not able, he said, the judge knows it. You're, you're just incapable. He wasn't even hating on it. He was just like, well, I see who you are now. You're just fucked up. You're not capable. You can't, like every other human being in the United States of America, your age, and if you've never been in trouble before, you've seen Perry Jason, you've seen Matlock, you know you got to fucking be quiet in court. Shut your fucking ass up. Can't do it. Nope, can't do it. I, I don't know. Because you're fucked up. And you want to be president? And if you have impulse issues, you have all kinds of... He is a fucking walking cauldron of pathology. On top of being a bet. This is what people want. Bernie, you want this? You want I to get this? But he protects me. Get the fuck out of here, man. Nobody wants that shit. Get the fuck out of here. Right. Listen. But Kaplan but Kaplan's gonna like Kaplan's gonna protect his verdict. Like a like 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 a, a a mother bear protecting her cubs. Well, and that's what Ingrid's doing too. I know what I sent you, but right because because really, uh, hobbit a 
you know, uh, she's already, he, he got a case for incompetence right there. So they don't want to make any misstep. They want that shit to go right through with no, no hiccups. That's what you mean, right? Yes. So let him hang himself and say, well, please. Yeah, he's not gonna. He's not making himself look any better in the eyes of his jury. And the thing is, counsel for the parking garage can't tell him that. She's engaged in performance art right now. Everything she's doing is 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 every bit as. Don't anybody take this wrong. What Alina Habana 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 doing is doing right now is every bit as transactional as what a girl does. Uh, you know, when she's a pole dancer. She's a mercenary, and I think you were right. It's transactional. Because she is a little... She's transactional. They have... I think... I firmly believe now they have signed an agreement. Because why would she fight so hard for something that, that just... I mean, why would you fight so hard for a thinking boat? Unless you're, unless you're angling so, to be the next Mrs... The final Mrs. Trump. Exactly. That's it. By documents. Why was yeah? Why did why did why did he go to a UFC or MMA fight and take counsel for the parking garage with him and not melanoma? Oh, that's a dead giveaway. I didn't know that. No, this is girl. Oh, come on. Oh. 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 Oh, that, oh, I'm sorry. That, that's, yeah, that's come on, baby. Come on, baby. I'm going to take you to the fights. <laughs> oh, get... shit. You did it. Oh, you better stop that. Listen, don't, you better not. All my mob buddies will be there. <laughs> oh, make, make sure you look your hair is right. I'm sorry. I lost you in the beeps. Oh. Your hair is right. Make sure your hair is right. Yeah. yeah put, a few, uh, put a few more of those highlights in there, uh, 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 Lorena. Make your mouth look real pouty. Like, like who just got finished. Oh, that's so gross. Uh, oh, I got to get out of here, Todd. I know. Gross. Uh, uh, All right. Yeah. You have a great evening here. Yeah, you too. All right, see ya. Bye. Our buddy Todd down in fro- frozen South Carolina stand. Uh, and uh, Jude, who jumped in to get us down below the uh, the eleven eleven hundred dollar mark, down to ten eighty five, uh, did so. With a request to the universe to offer a hand to Our Lady B from all of us here within the Horn community. Dear Steve referenced the art of wordsmithing in his last call. Lady B has an eloquence in her writings as it takes one on a journey from beginning to end. May we hear from her soon. So, Lady B, I've written you, I've emailed you, I've texted you. I hope you're okay. That's the main thing. We've been, uh, last year was hard. And we just need to check in 
with the members of our family community co uh, congregation. This being prayer meeting week, Wednesday and all. But you are in people's thoughts if you're listening. So thanks, everybody. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thank you to our challenge makers and our challenge responders. Thank you, Ralphs, and thank you to our anonymous friend and... Thank you. Uh, thank you, Jude. Thank you to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Remember, please like and subscribe. And leave a comment for the algorithms it helps build the visibility of this program that we're trying to get to its 20th anniversary oh a little uh, tidbit of news uh, Ron monkey up DeClantis has decided to um, drop 10 and punt on New Hampshire because the polls show him uh, not doing it all well so he's going to pin his hopes on no, really, Nimrata Haley's home state. I don't think this is going to go too well, l l l l l l for him. <laughs> Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest-working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia, and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your booster. Get your flu shot, your RSV vaccine. If you're of an age, get your pneumonia shot. Wear your mask, especially if you're around the maggots, because, well, they're, they're, they're a disease-spreading lot. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance as best you can. And, uh, well, if Nitwit Nero comes towards you and, 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 and tries to shake your hand, avoid him like the plague, because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Later.